I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> Dunk. That was a pretty cool sound. Nobody heard it but us. So. Nobody can hear it but us. Yeah. And no one knows the conversation we just had for 15 minutes and then realized that we should probably hit record. That's okay. It's, you know, it's like a warm-up. Yeah, right? warm-up. You need a warm-up. You just, like, like sit down, relax, say and the chill. word fuck, like, 12 times to get out of my system. <laughs> you got to do those, like, uh, mouth exercises, like... Yeah, <laughs> what so what do singers those, those or those actors stroke say? Exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggle your tongue. Yeah, there's sides. like, uh, yeah, there's like red, yellow, muffin, watermelon shit. <laughs> they say, what? You ever heard red, that? yellow, watermelon? Yeah, they say like uh, that's like uh, they have this this cadence of words you're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get on the mic or whatever it is. So I didn't know it was like red, yellow, watermelon. I, I just made that shit up. That's my new ver- no, That's what I do. It was red, yellow, muffin, watermelon. R- red, yellow, muffin, watermelon. Yeah. That's what it is. Welcome to episode 24. <laughs> red, yellow, muffin, watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We, got, we said something good enough that can be the title so we can end. Now? So we just go back to bullshitting? Yep. All right. See you, everybody. Right, <laughs> Wouldn't that just be something? Hey, good morning, my friend. How many people have been so pissed off if we just ended right there? I mean, hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds that haven't even listened yet. That's right. You know, it's going to be 20 years in the future. People will be so excited about this. I'm probably, you know, we're going to be one of those things where one of us is going to die. And they'll be like, oh, there was a podcast that he was on. They're like, no way. And then that's going to come out. Yeah, you're going to be like the next Picasso or something. Who is the one? That implies that, I die. Well, well I'm not going to die. <laughs> Somebody's got to die. So one of us has to me. die in order for this to become popular. <laughs> yeah, but like maybe we'll still we'll be old. We can we can yeah, die okay, of okay. old age. Yeah, thanks. Good. You die first, though. But not until like, I don't know, 80s. 80? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, Well, if you, if you die in your 80s and I'm going to be living in my 90s, I don't want to live that long. You ever thought about how long you really want to live? Yeah, it was like 80s. Like why? I don't know. Well, because I thought by 80s I would still be some resemblance of self-sufficient. Yeah. Like I don't want to get so old and like feeding tubes and nursing homes and shit like that. Yeah. I think... Maybe associating old with feeding tubes might be a no, no, stretch. no. That yeah, I get that. But like, there's the independence part of it. Yeah, like once you're solely dependent on other people to like wipe your ass, like uh, uh, that's yeah. Again, I I guess like the cycle has completed. Right, I yeah. started that way where I was dependent <laughs> on someone to wipe my ass. Yeah, you Benjamin buttoned it, and when it yeah. gets to the point where I need someone to wipe my ass again, it's like I'm. Hopefully, had a happy, long life, and I can be done. Would you ever do the um, like the it, when you get to a point where it's like, uh, I'm just done. Do like Kevorkian it. Kevorkian it. You know Doctor Kevorkian? No. Nope. <clears throat> Seriously, he was like the assisted suicide guy. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Assisted suicide. I know assisted suicide. Yeah, look up Doctor Kevorkian. He's like the king of it. That sounds like some, no offense, Kevorkian, but you sound like you belong in either Star Trek or some sci-fi novel. Well, maybe he does. He's got the he's got the special serum. 
I thought you were, yeah, I thought you were talking to me something about some weird movie or something. No, no, no. Huh, this no. is real. Okay. Dr. Gavorkin's a real dude. I know assist. Yeah, I know what assisted suicide is. Yeah. So, um, there's this, uh, uh, this movie. Now I'm going to talk about a movie. There's a movie uh, I watched where it was like all these different ways to die. How, how to die in America or something like that. And it was, um, welcome to death show. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, all these different versions of people's lives and, and some of them had a terminal illness. Um, some people were dying of old age and it was just like, how do you want to die? You know, I was like, in what way do you want to leave the planet? Do you want to or do you not want to leave the planet? Like, what does it, how does that feel to you? And it's like, um, this one guy, he was so in, I don't know if I could do it, but there's this guy, he's got terminal cancer, right? And, or he's got something that's terminal and he doesn't want to get sick. Like he wants to die um, while he's still like him, him, like, yeah. like feeling spry and good. Sure, and, sure. And so him and his family, like pick a day. This is the day he's going to die. Right. And so like, but he still gets up every morning at six o'clock, has coffee, goes to town with his wife, has, has breakfast, you know, hangs out, plays with the dog, all this shit, like. Like he's just doing doing a regular life, and um, and like his son in law is building his casket while he's still alive, which is good. And so like he'll show up to his son in law's place, go out to the shop, and here he's working on the casket. Mm. And it's like, how fucking surreal is that? Yeah, it's it, it's it was such a trip. This one was the one that like stuck with me the most. This guy, he, um, so they they pick this day. And they and they they've got this um, this drink that like he has. How to far drink. in advance is this day? Um, I guess from the time frame of the show, it was probably months. Okay, they started following him for like so many months before. Um, but they there was this concoction that they got from a death doctor, and it's like he had to drink this thing, and then a little bit later he had to drink another thing. And then he's just like laying on the couch and his wife and his kids are hanging out around the house and they're like, dad's going to die today. Mm-hmm. And, and they, it was like, they got up and like he showed up that morning. He's walking around throwing the fucking football and shit. And then he goes and lays on the couch and um, he's laying down and he, he's like, all right, I guess, you know, it's time. Everybody's like, I guess so. And, and like, it's so weird because they're allowing the cameras to be in the room, too. Yeah. And he lays down on the couch. And he's just, like, he's got so much energy still. It's the right. craziest fucking right. thing. So he lays down. And he's like, okay. So, you know, he's talking to his wife. And, and, and like, there's this letter that she, I think it's a letter she's going to read to him, you know. And uh, it's in the middle of the afternoon. So he drinks the drink. And he's laying there, and she's talking to him, you know, and then and then like everybody in the house is just watching, yeah, you know, and they're in the kitchen and and like, then he drinks the other drink, and then it gets really fucking heavy, and then the wife is sitting there next to him holding his hand, and the son-in-law is sitting there, and he's being pretty stoic about it, but his the daughter is like, it's really starting to break down. And so then they like people are coming in and out of the room, 
and then like he does like the death rattle thing. I don't know what that is. Like when they'll die, they'll like there's this weird noise that comes from your body. Okay. When you like when you get to that point where you know it, it's like it's they call it a death rattle. And I don't know if it's like fluid in your lungs or something, but it makes this weird noise. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he just like ooh, ooh, and he stops breathing. And he's fucking dead. And I don't know, an hour before that they were talking about right. the dogs and, and like he was walking around the house. And it's like, man, I mean, I kinda I kinda understand where he comes from. He doesn't want his his family to deal with seeing him get sick and, and then go through all the stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd probably wait a little while longer yeah, than like that. It, yeah. Like yeah. I think it's so I think it's okay if family sees people get sick, you know, like even, especially like kids to understand, like sometimes people get sick, sure, you know, and they die, but just like all of a sudden one day grandpa's like hanging out with you, reading bedtime stories and playing baseball with little Billy and the next day he's gone. It's like, that's almost harder to me because it's like a car accident or something. Right. Right. It was unexpected or something. Yeah. Even though if, even though it's expected, yeah, it's so unnatural. Yeah, as you're telling me the story, it's like, okay, I'd want to. I understand it, but at the same time, like, I would extend that time frame as much as possible. Like, I wouldn't put a date on it. Like, once this starts happening, then we'll just. Because he's not taking treatment or anything, so he's, you know, I don't know. Right? No, it, I know. It's it was it was weird, man. That's, I mean, I I don't want to say weird because I mean, tweets their own. It's like. Right. It's his life, and he wants to live it the way he wants to live it. And, and honestly, that's the way it ought to be. You know, I think that's like if you're of sound mind and, and you've got support around you and a good family base and like you or, or whatever, like you should be able to like choose how you want to live your life. As long as it's not putting anybody else in a detrimental place, mm-hmm. you know, then I guess it's kind of it's your thing. What do you think? You think people should be able to have that? Because it was. It was a, it was a, I don't know what state it was in, but it was a rare thing. Like, it, like yeah, yeah, it's not legal in ninety nine out of a hundred places. So did he, did he happen to already live in that state, or did they I like think move he did. to that state to? I think he did. I think he did already live there. So, I get it. I get it. I think if you're diagnosed with something terminal like that, then I actually, if. You're still of sound mind, and yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it, actually. I think, yeah. I think if a person is, yeah, still of sound mind and and able to make those decisions, which means still of sound mind, so we're going to say still of sound mind like seven to ten yeah, times. Yeah. No, I, I and again, I think in this specific example, I don't have a problem with it, like once there's a terminal diagnosis. Yeah. And maybe it has to, you know, maybe that terminal diagnosis has to be verified by another doctor or something like that. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily for it for someone who's suffering through like depression. Oh, of course you know not. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. It, in this crazy time, though, like with medical advances, there's that too. Like, yeah, there's. Man, a, what if what if something came up? Like, well, that's and yeah, maybe that's just your, your and my and maybe most people's thought process but to some maybe it's like yeah you know what like i gave the example my grandfather was on his deathbed right he Mm -hmm. was ready to die yeah 
Like he, he was, ex- he was ready. He expected to, and he was okay with it. And he was just sitting there waiting, and he was fine with it. He'd been through some shit to get there, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, it. He went through a progression, right? You know, he wasn't like feeling spry, right? Right. Being like, okay, he's pretty spry now. I. That's so. <laughs> is he? Is he like walking around without a cane and stuff? Now? Yeah, man. It's just yeah. It's, it's like, almost like it's back to normal. Almost. It's really weird. That is, he should have like some kind of, that should be like a, a movie or a book or some shit. Yeah. Like, how do you go from A to B to A or A to A to A to C, then back to B? Yeah. On your way back to A. On your way back to A. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's like, I want to meet him now. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that I'll would be so interesting. I need yeah. to go visit him anyways. Yeah. It was like, what a crazy story to just like, to to see what that feels like to lose everything and then get it all back. And it, when everybody expected you to just right. be gone. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you guys should like be on a 2020 show or some shit. Nah. I don't I, I know you don't want to. I'm just saying. Like the bad part of it and this is the this is like I don't know if it's a guilt thing or not, but I'll say it's kind of fucked up. So when someone's on their deathbed and he's at home in hospice and there's a 2% chance he's going to live, right? That was kind mm-hmm. of the mindset. And people are there 24-7. Yep. I'm visiting like every other day. The whole family's, And I have a huge like extended family. My mom had, my mom was with four kids and each of those kids have at least three kids. Okay. It's a lot of, lot of so, yeah, big family. And, uh, and half of those kids have grandkids now. Mm-hmm. It's a big family. And so there's always, there was always like 10 people in the house, minimum, minimum, if not like 30. And you go over there now and it's just grandpa and grandma now. Mm -hmm. Like the house is empty. And I feel really guilty, like all that love and outpouring. And now it's like back to normal where they're just kind of, you know, not, I mean, they're not alone. They have each other, but. Right. So. In so many cultures, the grandparents move in with their kids mm. when they get to a certain age. And then, like, the, the grandkids are raised with the grandparents around. And I think it's a... I think it's it would, it would be pretty fucking awesome most of the time to have the grandparents, like, right there. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you... When, when, Families, especially young families, are in that mode. When you're working a lot, you're building up your life, your your kids are going to school and plays, and you're really busy, and you're always running and doing all this shit. Like, the grandparents got a place to live. They don't have to worry about shelter or anything like that. Like, there's that, no stress for them in that. They get to be around the ones they love all the time. And then, like, for, the, for their kids, their kids have opportunities. Like, okay, mom and dad are here. They can watch the kids for us. You know, they can help cook meals. Mm-hmm, they can, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, so then the grandparents still have a purpose in life all the way to the end. Yeah. You know, and, and then the, the grandkids get to like absorb all of that knowledge and wisdom and experience of life from their grandparents as they're growing up. Sure. And I think that like, as a, like, as a human, like that's the way that it should be done. We're not like humans anymore. No, you know see, what I mean? I'm trying to think like 
and it's really hard to put myself in these shoes because I haven't, I'm not that at that stage of my life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's such an emphasis on independence. I mean, I just talked to you about when I'd be okay dying and it's when I'm mm-hmm. dependent. Right. Um, and so do you take away the independence in those scenarios? Well, see, in that situation, to, to me, it's it's not as much as a, an independence thing. It's or like you're depending on your parents to be there for you. It's more like um, it's, it's looking at it as like this is a way of existing, co- coexisting together where you're still autonomous. Like they don't have to even, I mean, they always have like the mother-in-law house right, or like right. they wouldn't even have to live in the same house. They could have their own lives and do their own thing. But at the same point in time, like these kids get get to grow up around yeah, their grandparents. Yeah, they're a little closer, more access, yeah. Yeah, and, and then... And then, like when I th- you, when you talked to me about your grandparents, what I what I saw was this: like all of a sudden, your grandmother. I'm I'm picking her. I don't know why, but I'm focusing on her in my mind. Like all of a sudden, all this family's around, right? So she's probably like perking up, and she's getting to see her loved ones, and she's probably get to do some cooking and get to spend time and chat and talk with family members, and you get to talk about the past and like memories, and and you get to share all this time, and um. And like the family unit is there again. Sure. You know, and then all of a sudden the family unit is gone and not gone, gone. Obviously you said it's her and him still. Yeah. And and when I say like, it's just not, people aren't there 24 seven anymore. People still visit regularly and Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, It's just, it used to be so 24 seven and someone's actually spending the night to make sure he was okay in the night Mm -hmm. and things like that. and so it's just like so they still have family coming by. Family still stops by. Like I'm sure daily for at least an hour. There's visitors. Oh, okay. So so when I say it's just less, like I, I, I was envisioning them like alone. No, for, no, 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 for no, no, like no, no. A week at a time. God, no. In in fact, even before like Grandpa's thing, like it wasn't like that. I mean, okay. Their house is like the central hub of this giant family, right? Okay, that's, that's awesome. Where, that's where we always go. Yeah. Um. So it's it's. Someone still visits, you know, daily for an hour or two or something like mm-hmm. that. But it's still, I would sure be, sh- I'm positive, it's still a shock from 24 hours a day with 20 people to one hour a day with three or four people. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. I would, yeah. And and that's that's the benefit. And frankly, that's the reason, like, Sam and I moved back to this area is because we wanted to be closer to my parents so that our kids could have their grandparents, mm-hmm. like, and I know we weren't even in multiple states. We were two hours away up in Appleton. Right. But there's a convenience factor and that connection factor of a 15, 20-minute drive to go see your family. Like, Yeah, that's huge. We can do it at the drop of a whim. Mm-hmm. You know, or drop of a whim, is that a yeah. phrase? No, I don't think it is, but it is now. You just made it up. <laughs> Usually I think it's a drop of a hat, but hey, drop of a Whim's whim. Whim's notice, drop of a hat, whatever. You, you like the word whim in many contexts. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so it's really strange for me hearing that, con- being part of this conversation, because it obviously puts me into a situation where it's like, well, do my kids know their grandparents? Right. And when I was young man, and my, my oldest was just born, six months old, we moved from Idaho to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I don't have any family out here, none. And uh, my ex's family was out here. 
Um, but they weren't like her parents actually were still living out West. Um, and then as my kids grew up, her parents moved out here, but my parents were still out West. And like my kids, they know of, which is fucking sad of their grandparents. Yeah. Um, on my side, but they don't, they don't know them. You know, they've never met. No, they've, they've, they've 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 met. met. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's still like after so much time, I, I, I see it as no of sure. Because like, they don't know what they're doing during the day. They don't know like what's new in their lives. They don't know like, you know, any kind of news or anything. It's like an update from me to my kids, you know, and, and, and I can see it in their face. Like my, like my mom, um, they, they've never really gotten to know my mom Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of circumstances that created that situation, um, just uh, above and beyond me living in Wisconsin. Um, but they just, they just haven't really gotten to know my mom very well. Sure. And when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I'm like, talk to my kids and I'm like, Hey, so, you know, this is what's going on. I could see it on my kid's face. They were like, they had to think about my, my mom and then try to picture her, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, there was a suckiness about that, that I just, it's super unfortunate. Yeah. Super unfortunate. Sure. And, and yet here I am living in Wisconsin by choice. I could move, I could no, move can't. home. No, you can't. That's well, see, that's the, <laughs> That's the thing. Is like doesn't know is I have a GPS tracker <laughs> on his car. I'm not going to let him leave ever. My life is here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've built my life here. Like, I didn't build my life out west. You know, I went to high school out west. I went to college out west. But I didn't build my life out there. And I, when I came to Wisconsin is where I put my roots down deep. Yeah. You know? And so to... I mean, I did it in 2017. Yeah, I, I you tried. tried to leave. You yeah. tried to leave. I tried. I just couldn't leave you, I Kyle. I kept sending mental <laughs> brainwave. Come back. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's this, it's this really strange, uh, it's just sad. It's this, this yeah. sad situation where yeah. I've got my roots here, and and yet my family's roots are out west. Right. And I've got a whole other family with roots in Texas, too. And it's... Um, and my kids, now granted, like three of my kids live uh, most of the time out on the West Coast yeah. in the Seattle area. And so now they're completely even further displaced from me than I was from my parents. Right. You know, and and I get it. I, I see them growing up and I see them changing and, and, and experiencing these things in life that, that I... Like, I really wish I was next to them for, but I also understand that, like, they get it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, dad lives in Wisconsin, and and they're fine with it. And, and on, the, on the most part, I'm fine with it, too, until I get to this point where it's like I start to get into this deep thought of sadness around it, and it's like, well, it doesn't have to be sad. Right, right. You know, it's okay to be sad about it. Like, there are times I have moments when I fucking miss my kids and my family like crazy, 
And other times it's like, it's okay. Yeah. Like they're living their lives the best they can. And I'm living mine. And we talk a lot and we see each other and FaceTime and shit like that. Um, but there's a, uh, there's this thing where it's like, shouldn't you be by your kids? You know, shouldn't you want to move back? Shouldn't you want to be where they are? And, and it's like, for me, it's still just like a shouldn't you, not like I, I, I I need to, Okay. you know, if I needed to, I would, I would go. Yeah. You're just asking the question. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's asking the question and, um, but it's not just me. It's, it's family. It's, you know, um, but then I look at my kids and it's like, my daughter, who lives in Seattle right now, is getting ready to move to Pullman, Washington. So she's going to move however many hours from where she is now mm-hmm. to go to school. My son, who lives in Seattle right now, is going to be moving to Bellevue, Washington. So he's moving a few hours away from where he is right now. And it's just like, I can't, I'm not going to allow myself to, to, to move everything I have and uproot my roots to go to a place where I don't know what my kids are going to be. Yeah. You know, it's like that doesn't. It's a heavy transition time. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But that whole family dynamic point, bringing it back to like your family showing up at your grandparents' house, that's still like such a powerful thing. For sure. You know. Well, you, when we were coming up the elevator, I was whistling and you said that you wish you could whistle. Yeah. I learned to whistle from my grandpa. My grandfather really like the memory yeah. i have is we would drive in his little s10 pickup with his he'd have his window down a toothpick in his mouth and he'd be sitting there whistling to some old school you know country style music like that's the memory yeah as we're going out to go fishing mm-hmm. um now i will say to backtrack to the separation part i think the best thing that ever happened to sam and i like as young adults was to move away from our parents mm. when we moved up to Appleton. Um, it, yeah, we weren't as connected or yeah, my dad didn't know what was going on in our life as much. Um, but I, it gave us the chance to be adults and to make choices mm-hmm. and to not feel like we were being watched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. It was a huge growth time for us. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, we would still be up there if it wasn't for wanting to have a family. I, th- I think we moved back primarily for the fact that we wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. And, and we made the choice that we wanted to get back to our family, not that our family wanted to be back towards us. <laughs> so, so maybe your kids will move back, Ike. Maybe, or maybe I'll move out or there maybe when you'll they move get out there. Yeah. So yeah. I no, and you, you have to understand, and not to get personal on this, my wife's dad is disabled mm-hmm. like permanently um so he can't do like travel right well mm-hmm. like a trip up to appleton is a rough thing for him just in a car that long so so it's difficult for him to be mobile yeah 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 i with my folks um so my dad has been raising my niece and nephew Um, after my sister passed away. And so he's been like pretty, I not immobile, but fairly immobile. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got two teenagers he's working on raising. 
And so that's um, it's a deterrent from from him to be able to travel much, um, and uh, and then my mom. Sorry, mom. I'm not going to give you an out on this. She had opportunities to to come out and visit, and I know that's kind of one of the things that her and I have talked about a lot. Is is that, um, you know, my mom had come to visit me once since I've been here in '99. Okay. So, I flip her shit about it, you know. Um, but it's like there's been opportunities for her to come visit me out here, and but it's it just is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. It's like. It's not about dwelling on anything because I don't, and you shouldn't. And it, it, but at the same time, it's like this is my life, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna live it to the fullest, and then do what I can do, you know. And right now, I've got this is where my roots are, yeah. And uh, I was telling, I was telling Stephanie because Stephanie wants she wants to move out west. She's like, you let me know. My bags are packed. She's like ready, and um, I'm like, well. You know, obviously, you know I'm not ready, so it is what it is. Um, but did I just lose my train of thought? Yeah. Son of a bitch. That's no, okay. Oh, here it is. I got it. I did say, so I've got my three kids that live out there. And I said, I will say this. If one of them ever has a kid, yeah, then it's like, first off, I'm going to be right there. Like, maybe not in the room, but I'll be waiting outside the room. And then, um, and then I might not be able to leave. <laughs> it's like, for sure. I, I love you, Kyle. And then, and no, man. you keep your GPS tracker on me so you know where I'm at. But if that shit happens, there's a pretty fucking solid chance that, damn right. I don't think, I don't think I would, I, maybe I'd leave, be able to leave to come home to pack. <laughs> that would be about it. And, I'm not, I don't want to like put some crazy energy on it, but it's just like, I really feel like, man, if there's a grandkid involved, which kids, I know you don't listen to this. Maybe if you're listening to this some point in time in your life, it better not be for another fucking good number of years. So I'm not ready for that shit yet, but you know, cause I'm, it's really all about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. I, I get that 100%. Yeah. God, time moves too fast. <sighs> Fuck, talk about time moving fast. It's the middle of July already. Yeah, I know. Lincoln's going to start. We're putting him in 3K. 3K? In September. It's just like, it's two days a week for like three hours or something like that. Two or three hours. So is it like a, it's kind of like daycare, but through the state? <laughs> not through the state. <laughs> it's not a state sponsored? No. It's, it's not a school? Yeah, it, it's through like a community park and rec. So it's still... I guess that maybe state no, but it's we not I mean, through grants from the state. Like no, it's so the, it's a it's a glorified daycare. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so the four K is like school school ish. Because yeah. I this is like the precursor 4K. to that. This is yeah. yeah, because we just feel like you need some socialization. But God, I want to cry mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm like no, nope, it's gonna be all right. No, it's not. It is, and I'll tell you why. Because when he goes in there, you can go with him. Yeah, and then he's gonna be scared or something, and I'm not gonna want to leave. No, you're not. It, it fuck. It's hard. The first times are hard, but you know what? Here's the thing: he might fucking show up and be like, "Whoa, see you, Dad." Yeah, I'm on. Right. It's on. You know, and then you're gonna be a fucking mess. Yeah, yeah. I already am a mess about it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How I feel. 
Yeah. So it's it's for for me. It was um. I cried. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was it was it was I cried, but at the same time, I took like every opportunity I could to volunteer at the. 3k or 4k or whatever sure you know so it was like um i got the i was lucky enough i got to insert myself into the into the process so then like when i wasn't there like he he knew and i knew it's like it's just temporary yeah you know but it was like yeah the first day yeah yeah i full-on cried yeah it sucked and see we've been so spoiled like we don't even have to send him to a real daycare, mm-hmm. so we've just been too spoiled. So we haven't had to you, put him out. Your there. mom gets him right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my mom's retired, so she watches them for us. So it, the, what's the difference then? What is it? Is it just a symbolic meaning? Like, like he's he's now he's not he's old enough to not have to be watched by mom. He's going to go to a school ish. You know, because, I mean, you're still leaving with your mom and you don't cry. Yeah, but I know my mom and I could call if I really wanted to or she'd call or I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just different. I get it. It is different. That's why I'm asking the question. I don't know why it's different, but it's totally different. And and I think it has, as I'm saying this, I think it has something to do with, like, it's a little piece of them growing up. Yeah. You know, and it's like they're changing and and, and you're, you're, like, you're exposing them to the world and it's and it's like you don't like you don't have your guidance right there at the at the ready or your family's guidance right there at the ready. It's like your little boy's growing up. Yeah, he's only three though. I know. Like, Wadley gets Wesley turns one in three weeks. Wow, I know it's crazy. Time flies. Time flies. Wait Except for when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it just drags the fuck on. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It does. See? Hey, there you go. That's how you can attract listeners. What's that? Fucking listen to this podcast. <laughs> Time just slows down. See, yeah, there you go. You want to take a break? You want to shut your brain off and not yeah. think about anything of valid points for hours on end? Yeah, there you go. Tune in. All right. Let's switch topics. I don't know why. Are you getting misty over there? No, I just don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle. All right, fine. You want to switch topics? You want to do, you don't want to like talk about shit that people think about? Fuck, it's all right. We'll, we'll switch to something else. Let's go back to death. <laughs> okay. Do so, you think, do you, what's your death topic? I got one too. Oh, you go. You go. I was gonna say, what happens if uh, Jeff Bezos blows himself up on a spaceship? Well, I'm sure that he's got all kinds of fucking legal documents that are. On, yeah. At the ready, if he if he dies with his hundred ninety nine billion dollars net worth. Yeah. Anyways, that was just a joke comment. But what's your actual topic? <laughs> um, fucking Bezos. So there's like there's very few places in the United States where you can die and be put in a pine box and stuck in the ground and allowed to like rot away and decompose back into the earth. It's like it's illegal in so many places to not be embalmed. Yeah, to to um to just be just die and then decompose into the earth. Okay, and I think that's one of the most fucked up things. So unnatural things. So in today's day and age, when somebody dies, they dig a big hole, 
They put a concrete box in the ground. Mm -hmm. Then they put a wooden and steel box inside the concrete box. And then your the body is all full of embalming fluid. Mm -hmm. And then they put the lid on the concrete box because the concrete box is supposed to protect the earth from all the embalming fluid and the chemicals and all the shit that's like decomposing. But how fucked is that? Like, I understand like the, for the sake of funerals and and that we have this technology now, so a family wants to come and be there for the funeral, they can preserve the body long enough to where it doesn't smell and mm -hmm. all those things. Mm -hmm. But it's so unnatural. It's so... Like, we've got thousands and thousands and maybe millions I of acres over of millions. property full of concrete boxes, full of wooden and steel boxes, full of embalmed people. Yeah. You know, you're going to run out of space at some point. Well, right. And, and what if somebody like wants to just go back to the earth and be like natural? I think if you want to take that route now, I think cremation's the way to go. I agree. And then you can get spread out. Now, I don't know as a quote Catholic, I should know this. Do Catholics let you get cremated now? They must. They must. And I say this because my grandfather is a hardcore Catholic. Like, Sam and I got married in a Catholic church, mm -hmm. and then between my Catholic wedding and the reception, my grandpa went to church. Whoa. Yeah. And he wanted to get cremated when we were talking about Okay, so there must be then. So maybe they're okay with it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I'm so far from being a Catholic that I have no idea what the Catholic ideals are and cremation and all of that. You know. Um, so in the documentary, there's this, there's this woman who owns a piece of property, and I don't know if it's one of the Dakotas. Um, where somehow she was able to allow people to like be buried on her property if they wanted to have a natural death. Mm. So, um, like the person that, that's dying will contact her and she'll set up time and they'll hop in the John Deere Gator and they'll just drive around her place. Say, where and, do you want to go? Yeah. And they'll be like, you know, if you see a spot you like, let me know. And they'll just drive around on these trails and be like, oh, what about over there? Oh, yeah. What about that? Oh, no. I don't like this one. Go over there. And they'll just drive around and then they'll like, oh, this feels good. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I like this spot. So then they'll, she'll mark it and they're like, okay, well, this is yours, you know. And when the time comes, you know, we'll arrange everything and let your family show up and you can have a little thing and put you in the ground. And then that's it. No marker or nothing, right? No, no marker, no nothing. And there's oh, those just... flowers are pretty. Oh yeah, that's John. Right, but John's not there anymore because like it's a, it's just pine. It's yeah. not treated wood, you know. So it's like you put it in the ground and it just rots. The wood. How long rots. does it take? I don't know how long it takes for a body to decompose. I I, I would think it depend on the environment. If it's really moist or if yeah, it's like true. Dr super dry, I I don't know. But um, it's like if you see an animal, like on the surface. Yeah, it like, doesn't take that long. Not really. I mean, but I think like birds and shit eat it. Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, but the I don't know. The deer on the side of the road seem to take a long time. Yeah, and you can tell how well you can tell how fresh hit they are when they when their legs start sticking up in the air. They're bloated out <laughs> to fucking 
Yeah, the moon. Wonder what that's like for people that've never experienced that. Like come to Wisconsin, <laughs> you just see dead animals on the fucking side of the road. Big fucking deer with their legs pointing straight up in the yeah. air because they're so full of like it's in the heat and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's I I read. Um, this I don't know four or five years ago. I was reading this article about how um, the state troopers part of their gig is they get paid overtime to go pick up these animals. Okay. Um. And so, because they don't want them laying around on the side of the road. Right. But there's so many. Yeah. And so, um, the state was trying to figure out how to save money. And instead of paying the state troopers overtime to go pick up dead animals, they should just hire a, a dead anim- animal yeah. dude or, or crew. lady or crew or whatever. Two guys and a or two people in a yeah. fucking pickup just with, do a run With a big trailer. Yeah. And that's what I thought, too. I'm like, hmm. Wonder what it would cost to pay somebody or a, a couple of people to do that for their job. I mean, it could be year round. Yeah, you for know, sure. you could just like you could have these people. They like get a get a diesel truck, a yep. big a big trailer in the back, and you got a route, and you know, once a week for five days a week, you're hitting a certain route, so you hit every place once a week. Mm-hmm. Done and done. Yeah. So it was like there was millions of dollars in overtime spent for these state troopers for these state troopers where does where does the state trooper even put it that you mean the carcass yeah oh you mean like in their car or something yeah i think they i'm sure like that well it's it's their cops they've got trucks and shit they've got you know access to vehicles other than their car i don't think i've ever seen a state troop well i guess yeah like well a, there's county trucks yeah, yeah, there's yeah state okay. trucks you sure, know i'm sure, sure like if it's an overtime thing if it's off grab, duty grab yeah. one of those okay. gr- green whatever state vehicles or i don't know if they're trying to double dip like well on duty mm. god that would be fucking That'd crazy be <laughs> you show up pull somebody over for speeding and and they're like you got to take them in and you got like the smell of this <laughs> dead animal in the back i don't mind that i had to pick up uh, a couple deer no i'd be i'd be all like yeah it's the last guy that fucking mouth off to me <laughs> put the fear of 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 God and somebody, because there's a decaying corpse in your yeah. trunk of your car. So they're paying they're paying millions in overtime to pick up these dead animals. Yeah, they are. And so I was thinking, and this was I bet it was more than that. But it was ten years ago, and I was like, man, for forty thousand dollars a year a piece, a couple dudes who just don't mind driving their truck around, like you could do it, right? I mean, it'd probably be pretty gross. But it's like oh, it's I don't think it'd be a difficult job. Yeah, it's gonna be gross, but it wouldn't be hard. The wear and tear on the vehicle is the big thing. You get a state vehicle. Yeah, you, you don't have you to have use to. your own vehicle. Yeah, because you're gonna burn through a truck every year. Oh how yeah, how many miles you put on it? Yeah, so it's like, but nowadays I don't know the forty would do it. Yeah, you probably you'd have to do fifty. Even but even fifty fuck even sixty with, and then you add on, let's just say. Forty thousand dollars a year in vehicle costs between gas and the truck. Mm-hmm. So you're you're in at a hundred grand plus another person. So even if you round up two hundred grand for a two year. guys yeah. a year. So then is that, you could you could probably cover a county. I was with just that. say per county. Yeah, two guys per county, two people. Yep. So two hundred grand a year per county. How many counties are in Wisconsin? A lot. Yeah, I see. It's a lot of counties. Um, so maybe I don't know. I don't know if it's cheaper or not. 
I, I can't imagine they'd burn through it. I mean, if you've got a diesel truck, you'd get five years out of a diesel truck if you even because they go half a million miles. Do they? Yeah. If you, I mean, if you're driving them all the time, you maintain them, they'll go half a million miles. Yeah, it just depends on gas costs and yeah, mm, fuel costs and everything else. Uh, and this, these are just rounded, but yeah. Oh no, this is, be these done. are facts. Facts. <laughs> I feel like it, it'd be more efficient. I think so too, and and I think that even if it costs the same, part of the problem was is that the troopers were so used to getting the overtime mm. that if they weren't allowed access to the overtime anymore. Sure, it's part of their it's it's day like day. yeah. And that's so fucked. We've talked about that before, how it's like people get the they have a job where they depend on the overtime yeah. to make to, to make ends meet. You know, and it's like so much so that if they don't have it, then they're fucked. So they have to work all those extra hours to make ends meet. See I don't know if it's ends meet at at some point. I feel like it's lifestyle. Sure, but you create the lifestyle yeah, based on the money. Absolutely. And then when you don't have the money anymore, you can't afford the the new truck, or you can't afford right, to. Right. So I, I mean, I, that's what I say when I make yeah. when I say ends meet. Yeah. So, would you ever want to be a tree? Would I want to be a tree? Yeah. Do you want me to give you some context on that? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's a fucking. That's a hard question to answer. Like, <laughs> what want to be a tree? What tree would you be, Kyle? Um, you think about that, and I'm, I'm going to explain my my. Try question. to decide if now the the title of this is going to be red, yellow, muffin, watermelon, or do you want to be a tree? <laughs> Anyways, context. Hit context. Me. So, when you die, if you want, there's these people that make these. They're called earth vessels. And uh, it's a cylinder, kind of like like a planter that they put you in with a with a tree, and then they plant it in the ground, and then a fucking tree grows out of it, and so you get to be a tree, like your ashes. Yeah, they don't put like you. In a, no, it's in a that'd tree. be a big vessel. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, dude, that'd be creepy as fuck, wouldn't it? Yeah, this huge fucking because it, it looks like a vase, okay. right? So could you imagine a huge vase that they stuff you in? Feet first, and then they plant the whole thing in the ground. So for me, they'd have to put it, you know, seven feet in the ground. <laughs> and then they stick a tree, they plant it right on top of your head. And as, your, <laughs> as your body slowly turns to ooze, it feeds the tree. No, it's just ashes. So okay. it's like, it's about the size of, uh, um, I think it's like maybe two big rolls of paper towels okay, or something sure. like that. You know? Yeah, stack, makes sense. It's like, that's about the size in a vase shape. So you get you get to like be a tree, like to put a yeah, sapling in the top, and yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I think so too. I don't know if you know, I would, I don't know if I would want all my ashes in a tree. What are you gonna do with the rest of them? Are you gonna know. be? I like, want to fucking you, shoot them onto space. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got to put them in space. Okay, all right. If you want, uh, fair enough. Like one third of Kyle gets <laughs> to go to space. One third goes to a tree. Where's the other third go? Yeah, I don't know. Down the toilet. What? Fuck, dude. That's. No, that was that Captain Fantastic movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's pretty cool. I like it. I like. I, I actually like that more than the space thing. Oh, yeah. I like that more than the space thing. Space, space is like, you're fucking, like, what are you going to do in space with your ashes? Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? I mean, I guess if it's like your lifelong dream, to, it gives you some closure for I mean, your family or yeah, something. Yeah, because... If I'm a good tree, 
I'll have a long tree life, and then I'll be made into some fucking boards, and then I'll turn into furniture. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be cool if in, like, 300 years, you know, my great-great-great-grandkids were like, oh, yeah, you see that table? I made that with uh, my (laughs) (laughs) great-great-great-grandpa. We work together on that. You can see his eyeball right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I talk to it. Sometimes I talk to it and I hear voices. No, that's that's it's it's a really beautiful thing. You're yeah, right. I it's like, like it. If you pick like an oak tree or something like that, yeah. Then and and if you're lucky enough, if your family is lucky enough that that tree is planted on a family property right. that stays within the family, then years down the road. There's this beautiful tree it that doesn't you, die or get eaten by termites. Well, yeah, I mean, God, that's kind of fucking morbid. Yeah. I was just more along the lines of thinking like, so here's this thing. When my sister passed away, um, I got some of her ashes. Mm-hmm. And I was living in a house here in town. And I really, like, I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. You know? I And I kind of always, I guess... I, I knew what to do with them. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, I always wanted to plant something with her, her ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like, I, I think it's a, a kind of a pretty amazing thing where it's going back to the earth. It's also a symbolic thing. And so something you can see forever, you know. Um, and so when... Uh, when I decided that I was going to plant a tree for her, I picked a um, an eastern redbud tree. Mm. And it's a little weeping eastern redbud tree, so it's not going to get really big. Um, and so I was living in my old house over um, on 5th Avenue in Baraboo. And so I planted this tree with her ashes in it. And... It was like, at the time, I got some closure with that, and I really, like, put a lot of love and good energy mm-hmm. into the process. And the kids were there, and they helped. And uh, and now I don't live there anymore. Right. So when I drive by, I see my sister's tree. And there's sadness that that it's not like my house anymore mm-hmm. um but also it's a fucking beautiful tree man like it's so happy like it's it's lush and thick and growing so well and it's just like i I just gotta believe that that like the reason it's growing so well is because of her mm-hmm. you know um and and it's like the, the people that live there, they don't like prune it or anything like that. And they don't weed the garden around it. But it's okay, you know, because it's like, I, I don't know if it's if it's because we had the moment already right. when we planted it and, it and it's a beautiful tree. And so I can let go of, of like any ownership of it or what happens to that tree in the future. Like if someone builds another house or whatever. You know, it's like, and it's odd because I haven't thought, like, I whenever I drive by it or walk by it or ride my bike by it, I always stop for a second. Um, 
but I haven't like really thought about it, thought about it in a little while. And then a good friend of mine texted me and he said, Hey man, he said, do you know anybody that can move a tree? I'm like, what's going on? And his brother, when he passed away, his family planted a tree in his honor 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's the property's being sold and he wanted to move the tree to his house. And it's like, Oh man, should I move the tree? Like, should I see? I think that's the hard part with the tree thing. Right. There's, there's a lot of, it's a beautiful thing clearly. And I actually really like it, but you have to make a decision. Are you going to move trees with you? What happens if the tree dies? How are you going to take that? What happens if it gets struck by lightning and breaks and you got to take it down? Uh, what if you sell the house? What if the person you sold the house to takes it down? What, you know what I mean? There's a lot of variables there that could fuck with your closure unless you're prepared for it, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's Well, that's it. It really is. And I, I guess for me, in in my situation... When we sold the house, like, I was leaving the state. Mm -hmm. There was no taking the tree anywhere. Right. And and so I, I had to be okay with that. Yeah. And so, um, and I, like, for the most part, I, I, I really feel like I am okay with it. And ev even though they don't prune it, even though they don't weed yeah, around it, it's like, sure. I right. still appreciate that it's, it's still there and I get to see it. And if it's, if it's gone someday, I, it, like, it's more about, like, the process I gave it and yeah. the, the energy I put into it and, and the love of my sister and the, and, but it, like also with this guy moving his brother's tree, it's like, fuck, it just brings it up a little bit. It's like, man, should I, should I see if I can go have the tree? You know, can <laughs> I, can I like, but if I take it from the place I planted it, does that not change it? See, yeah. You know, it's like, then it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's such a tricky thing. I think, I think, without having have done to have done this, but just my thoughts, it was put in place, and you kind of put your sister's ashes to rest there. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should dig it up. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't ever feel the urge to. Yeah, you know, and I never have even thought about digging it up. Until this guy called me, right? you know, so it was like, I guess it's good just to ask the question. Yeah. But, uh, um, like I get it. I get it. I don't know. But what if I, you know, you know, and it's like, what if I move again? Right. What if I move out West? Yeah. You're going to It's like, yeah. am I going to take it again? Well, then all of a sudden it's just like, what happens if in the process of moving it, you kill it? Right. Yeah. All, all the things. Yeah. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on and it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> That was heavy when I, that's a, to your point. What if in the process of moving it, you kill it? If, if this guy, cause he wanted to know if I could do it. And it's like, and I didn't think about it at the moment, but it's like, I'm thinking if you're going to move this tree and you want to ensure it's going to live, you want like a professional with yeah. a tree spade that's going to right. burlap the tree. And it's like, and I don't do that. I'm a landscaper, but I don't do that. You know, I can move a tree from, from one side of the yard to the other. You know, but like <clears throat> to transport it, to wrap it, to do everything you should to make fucking sure that this right. dude's tree lives right. 
is is kind of a huge thing. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know. Um, now, granted, if this guy told me, hey, I can't find anybody else to do this for me, will you do it? I'd fucking do it. Sure. You know, I would give it every ounce of my effort to make sure that this tree made it to wherever it needed to go. Um, but uh, it's it's a it's a big deal. For sure. You know, it's a big deal. You're transporting well, and you know the somebody. Res- yeah, you know the responsibility for yeah, this. Yeah. It's, it's a, just not another job. It's the guy's brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. There's so many things that we do to honor our dead. You know, pass away family members and talk about ashes. You know, there are people that put ashes in a in a in a little vial mm-hmm. or or they'll make jewelry out of them mm-hmm. now or they'll you know that there's so many um uh, Stephanie she had someone that um was part of her kids' life and hers uh, to an extent passed away and um they took some of his shirts and they made pillows out of them okay like uh and then each of the kids got a pillow that was part of his shirt and and it was like how 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 long do we hold on to physical items yeah when somebody passes away that do I don't know. I just, it's different for everybody, I guess. But the, the physical items are like these, they're attached to these memories. And so when you see the physical item, it brings forth the memory. Yeah. Right. Um, is it, is it because like we stop resurrecting the memories without the physical items? And then, and then it's like, we're kind of letting go, you know, how, how does that, what's the process around that? How long do you keep something around? Sure. I think it depends what it is. Like, okay, if the pillow instance, mm-hmm. like what do you do with that? Like is it on display? Do you use it or is it in a box? Right. Um, well, that's the thing. I think a lot of the stuff, it's always like it's kind of set a, set a, on the side. Yeah. Or, you, you know, it's, it's out for maybe a year, maybe two years. But it kind of stops getting looked at after a while. Right. It just kind of sits out there, and then, but frankly, people die all the time, and you only have so much space. Well, yeah, and and you're and you're living. Yeah, you're living. Yeah. A person is living their life. So, how long do you do you hold on to the past? Because that's essentially what it is. Yeah, you know, or is it just like a memory? That's one of the things about like photos. You can put a photo on the wall, you know, and and they usually stay there for however long you you are wherever you are and so there's the memories attached to a photo but like these physical things it's um i guess it, i'm i'm of the of the feeling that letting go of the physical things strengthens the memories sure you know because because then it's like but maybe it's not the same for everybody i think it depends on what the physical thing is at some level, um, and not to not to compare pets with people, um, but you can yeah, do this with not- people. But you can do this with people. But like, so you can get you know like eggs or glass blown ash things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we have one of our old dogs, Sydney. Mm-hmm. It's 
very pretty, and it's it's on a little end table with a picture by her. But it, it's not like it gets looked at all the time. It's right. It's just it's it's a it's kind of an art piece at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it you know it it is kind of what it is. But at some point in time, that's going to get packaged up. I would imagine. Yeah, and put in a box. Um, I have when my grandma passed away. She passed away in hospice, and they give you those little rocks. Um. Mm, I don't know. It says like, I don't even remember what it says on it, but it's like a memory rock or something like that. I don't has know. a phrase. It has a phrase on it, but it's just a rock that's mass produced. Right. It's not part of her. No, and 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 it's a nice gesture, but at the same time, it's like I don't even know why I have this. Honestly, mm-hmm. it means nothing. It means right. nothing. Yeah. Now I have little rocks from glass blowings of my pet. I have one from my parents' dog, Jaeger, and one from Sydney in there in my car. They're mm-hmm. just little, like, rock things, and they're just in the cup holder part. Yeah. Just to carry them with me or whatever. Yeah. But I haven't actually looked at them. They're just in a glove box. <laughs> so I don't know. It's interesting that, yeah, I feel like at the time it means something maybe, but that I th- that's what I was thinking yeah, when it's you like, were talking. It's like, okay, yeah, this is to honor so-and-so. Yeah. You know, in your pillowcase. Like, oh, let's, let's honor so-and-so. Let's take their stuff and do it. But then, yeah, when it when that no longer has as deep of meaning or it's just sitting there collecting mm-hmm. dust, is it honoring that person anymore? I That's an that's a, a excellent question. That's an excellent question. Because, yeah, how, how long... Does does a physical item that's an that's a representation of somebody who's passed, how long does that physical item still carry the same weight right. of honoring that person? And or, instead of honoring it, honoring that person, it's gonna turn into, in my case, because I get this way with stuff that doesn't get used or appreciated, it's gonna turn into a guilt thing for me. Like I feel guilty that that just sits there and I don't think about it, or I feel guilty that I have it and it's in a box, but I don't really want it. You know, right? You don't want to. You don't want to throw it away. You don't right. want to let go of it. But at the same time, it's not serving any purpose. No. And know? so then you start getting this anxiety, guilt attached with that memory because you don't know how to to use this thing because, frankly, it's unusable. It's just a. Well, yeah. So it. Okay. So, in the moment, at the time when somebody passes and you have this 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 thing to honor somebody with. Then you can you you make that that choice to to create something to honor the person who's passed away, um, and then as time goes on, as does with anything we own or possess, then then it's like where we move on. Mm-hmm. We have new memories and we have new life experiences, and we collect new things to commemorate the new memories and the new life experiences, and then this this thing is part of the the past yeah you know and so we in general we don't live in the past it's not healthy i don't i think to live in the past so it's natural to let those things from the past go by the i don't want to say wayside but like you know to take a back seat to the present you know so there should be maybe a process that people have where where you can have maybe a ceremony or like a little ritual to say, you know, take this thing that I've, I've 
you know, I've kept for so long in honor of this person, but it's time to let that, that part yeah, move on. For sure. Right. You know, so maybe, maybe there's something people can do to, um, just take it, take, yeah, have a ceremony. That, I guess that's one of the things that was beautiful about being able to plant a tree. Right. It's gone. It, the, the tree's always going to be there. But, but maybe, maybe, but, but it's like you, you're, it's a ceremony to let go. Yeah. It brought you know? closure to yeah, everything. It did. And so there's, it's like, and, and I think that's what, I don't know. I think that's what my sister would want. And, and, and people who pass away, if it, I don't think when I die, I don't want people to sit around and, and like look at stuff of, right. of, of mine for right. years. And I don't want like an urn on your fucking mantle. Please God. No. Don't let me sit there. Like spread it, dude. <laughs> spread it, and forget it. <laughs> let's let's this is super fucked up. So, so somebody like so let's let's just say in a crazy fucking world, when when somebody dies and and they get cremated, and they get put in an urn, that they're like whatever is trapped in the urn, right? So you're on the mantle, right? So you got to sit there in a mantle and experience every fucking thing that happens in front of that mantle from like, like, you know, like you get to see Christmas and shit, but you also get to see like, you get to see your, your, your kids on, on date night when, when the kids, when their kids are gone and they're, and they're having sex in the living room and you're like, fuck you guys, come on. Like I'm right here. It's like the dogs in the middle of night shitting on the floor, like you never know. Like I know it's yeah. like. I, sorry, I went so fucked up on that. No, but it's, it's okay. like you're trapped in this thing. I wouldn't yeah. that be fucking crazy? Well, if you're trapped, like yeah, can you see out of the urn? Or, right? Are, are I you know. like a genie just stuck in there? And all I can do is can hear you, it. Can you hear shit? It's <laughs> like, oh my god, that would be. That's a fucking trip. What um, are what are? Uh, make me a tree. I'd rather just be outside. You'd rather be a tree. Yeah, put let's me get, outside. I want to hear the. Let's I wanna dig see. in. Let's dig into your mind here. <laughs> So fucking, I don't know. It's a sewer right now. It went weird. Yeah. So theology, maybe not theology. What are your thoughts? What happens when you die, Ike? What ha- Oh, what happens when you die? What do you think? <sighs> hmm. Yeah. I, it's not something I've really spent a lot of time thinking. Like, I, I know what's going to happen. I, I really... I guess I just kind of don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess. I mean, it is at the end of the day, it is what it is. You, you, there's regardless of your belief. I think it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say I don't care, but it's like, okay, so let, for, for, for my sake, let's go through the options that are like sure. people talk about. Okay. So option one, not a thing happens. Nothing. Blackness. And unconscious blackness. It's, and it's it, it is what it is. <clears throat> It's not even blackness. It's just like nothing. It's Flip a, the switch. Everything's off. Lights out. Lights out. Okay. Option two. Uh, traditional afterlife. Heaven, hell. I don't know. Okay. So heaven and hell. So uh, option two is. I say traditional, but that, that's because I I was raised you, a Catholic. You, you so. Catholic afterlife. Yeah. Christian. Christian you, afterlife. You go to the pearly gates. Yeah. St. Peter's. Wait, is St. Peter? I, I, I'm not a good Christian. Okay, <laughs> I think it's St. Peter at the pearly gates. And the only reason I say that is because my family had a lot of really raunchy jokes about what happens when you go to see St. Peter. Okay. So he, St. Peter, pearly gates, you go to heaven. Yep. Okay. Or you get judged or you, yeah, yeah. Judgment. Okay. Yeah. But there's some sort of afterlife where you will meet all your. Yeah. As, yeah. If you're, if you're a good Christian, you ascend. Yeah. If you're a bad Christian, you descend. Yeah. 
Okay. Either uh, way, you're meeting some family members. What else, what else do I know okay. of? Um, reborn. Yeah, the reincarnation or yep. reborn? Reborn. Reborn is another human. Yeah. Okay. Or you could get reborn reincarnation and you could be reincarnated as a an animal or okay. a plant yep. or something yep. like that. So that's a different But both one. of those don't have conscious memories of past lives. Correct. It, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, and then in that vein, there's a, um, you get reincarnated until you get it right and mm, then you yeah. ascend. Okay. Yeah. True. Um, what else? Um, a ghost. Yeah. So you just, you're, you're just like, you're stuck between you're like in the, in the, in the other world or whatever. Now is that some, le- is that like an in-between of like a heaven hell thing you or get is stuck? It, yeah. So, well, that like spirits, they say spirits get stuck in between the afterlife and the, and the present life. Okay. Right. But so with that, so with any of that stuff though, it implies that there's a spirit or a, yeah, an extra, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a being outside of the physical body. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, so I, Maybe that kind of falls under the heaven hell thing. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, the heaven hell thing may be more, you know, Christian. Um, but it's huge. It's a yeah, big part of it. Because what? Uh, oh, there's just so many religions. Yeah. Well, then the Vikings go to Valhalla. Yep. Right. And then the. Um, but you have to die a certain way. Yeah, you have to die a Viking death. Yeah. Otherwise, what happens? I don't know. I'm sure it's some level of hell. But that, I mean, that kind of harkens to a heaven hell situation, right? Yeah, or I you're guess. like you're stuck in there's a limbo a, thing an or something. Afterlife. Yeah, yeah, an afterlife. That's a good. Yeah, there's an yeah. afterlife. There's an afterlife. So, um, yeah, okay. What else? I think there's a lot of afterlife ones. Like you have to do certain things to get to a certain afterlife. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, Seven virgins and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, is that the? Um, I remember it was like the uh, uh, the Taliban. Yeah. Right. They like if they die what in a certain way then. Allah promises them so many paradise and yeah. certain versions yep. or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's so I many. Feel re- like, I feel like the general sense is those are the bases. Mm-hmm. So I guess. I mean, like, I want to like say that it would be pretty fucking cool. Like, if I died and then. I got to see family members, you know, that'd be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like who doesn't want that on, on a certain level? Like, I don't want it. I don't want it to be black. Right. You know, like all of a sudden it's like lights out. You're in the dark. Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, I would like the, the part of you that wants there to be more like is hopeful for like that spiritual thing in some capacity. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Unless it's hell. If you're it, going to hell, then you're fucked. It'd be pretty cool to be a ghost, though. I think for a while, you'd just be you'd be a creeper. You'd start fucking <laughs> going to see people. Like, hey, how's it going? I would i I would fuck with people. Probably, I think. I think it would take me a little time, though. Like, if I turned into a ghost, I would. I would. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go check in on my family and stuff, and then I'd be fucking sad. Yeah, you know, because you don't really like. I'm right here. You know, you see the movies and shit. It's like, eh, you know, but then after that, it's like, okay, so you get over it, you know, now you're a ghost and you're kind of cool about being dead and you're going to, and then it's like, do you, do you go fuck with people? 
do you um do you just like hang out and like be a like an angel kind of ghost where like you see a little kid's mm. gonna run out in the road and you grab him by the sure, shirt sure. you know that kind of shit um or do you like uh what if you're ghost trapped in a certain room or your vase <laughs> oh see that's the thing yeah. though right like if you're trapped somewhere that would be like hell see but what's the mindset of a ghost like if you're a ghost you're gonna see some stuff that people think you're not seeing right exactly like if you're stuck in a room and you just happen to be like the next people to move into your house yeah it's like a teenage boy's room. and they're fucking on the couch or something like yeah, that and you're no living. thanks uh-uh like i don't want that you know that's what i'm saying if you get trapped in a space that's hell yeah you know it's like i, I and and you know maybe that's why when when you hear about spirits and shit if they're in a place they're angry yeah, because they're stuck you know, there they're or something. fucking stuck. Right. You know, it's like they want to get out. And because I would be. Yeah, after, sure. You know, it's like, fuck, man. I got to deal with this shit again today. <laughs> like every day. Every fucking day it's in this Groundhog room. Dig. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's like, day. well, it's the Groundhog Dig for, for you. Yeah. But for everybody else that comes and goes, it's like they're living their lives. Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, what if you're a ghost and you see something fucking tragic? Well, yeah, I mean... You're gonna see all kinds of stuff, and if I'm, I'm wondering as a ghost if you if there's a point. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> I know, I know. Is there a point as a ghost if you're trapped, where you're like, "Yep, Tammy's gonna go fucking watch some porn again," so I'm just gonna go over here. Like, you just accept people. Do you, as a ghost, do you just accept the openness that you're gonna see everything? Oh, you have to, and you can't do shit about it. Yeah. Like, can you, can ghosts go insane? I don't know. Like, I, I, like, I'm going to watch this, you know, this family get murdered. Well, that fucking sucks. Right. And that's brutal. And then you're going to go talk to them because they just got murdered and you're going to see their other, their ghosts. Oh, fuck. Because they're stuck in the same fucking room too. Because of something. Son trick. of a bitch. Jesus. And, and then you're talking to them and they're like, you were here the whole time. You're like, fucking A, I wish I could have done something. But, you know. And the guy's like, wait, ghost. Did, were you here like uh, three weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah, I was here. I tried. I, I was like looking out the window. I tried to go through the wall and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sorry, you know. But you should know by now that that move doesn't work. You've tried it 12 times, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucked up. Yeah, I think it's time for a piss. <laughs> I gotta take a piss. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Oh. This is the shit we talk about when we don't have guests <laughs> who can lead a conversation. And no, we're not drunk. And no, we're not else. Yeah, we're not we're not altered in any way. This is just fucking weird random shit. So we did have a guest lined up for today. And uh, really cool guy. He's a buddy of mine, a mentor of mine for, for years now. And he said he couldn't make it last minute. So um, so we're talking about this fucking <laughs> weird fucking shit. That's all right. So who would you haunt? I don't know, man. Wait, wait first, would you haunt? Would you be like the haunt kind of ghost? See, it, it's so circumstantial. How did I die? What was everything like when I died, et cetera, et cetera. Why? Why? Yeah, why would it be, like, like would you just, because you're angry or something? Like, if you died a certain way? Or, like, just saying, like, if you had a list and you and you didn't, you weren't stuck <laughs> in a fucking room, who would you haunt? Or would you haunt anybody? Or would you, like, like 
Just fucking walk around and check shit out. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I'd do the haunting thing. It would take me. I'm talking in perspective of right now. Take me a long time to go see my family. Yeah, like I don't know if I like I would want to keep eyes, presumably like on Sam and the boys, but at the same time, I don't know if I could. Like. Yeah, I feel it, that. Could you sit back and watch, knowing you were dead, watch your family move on? Could you watch, you know, your spouse get remarried? Or, in my case with younger boys, my boys find a new stepfather or something. Fuck, like that. dude. That's hard. Uh, I, I guess it's just like what... Maybe when when I die, if I... if. If I go to a into a ethereal ghost like fucking thing, um, maybe maybe there's like there's a piece that comes with that, you know? Maybe sure. like I mean, I in a, in an ideal ethereal world, you you create you you come across a, a level of peace that you understand that life is for the living and 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 death is for the dead and and you wouldn't ever like struggle seeing your family living their lives because you know what's what's best for them and they got to carry on you know it, because i i is this like angst and anxiety and depression and stuff like that is that just follow the human form or mm. is that actually part of the spirit yeah i don't know you know because i would i would like to believe that if i was dead like um I would like come to this place where I am so content in, in my death and then in understanding that I want my family to live their life the fullest and not hang on. Sure. To, so they would be able to just grow and, and continue to live their lives and, and yeah, find what, a new if partner. If you kept tabs on them and they were struggling with dealing with it. Yeah. Then like, you know, I, yeah, so there's fucking, a lot of unknowns. This is all hypothetical. Oh no, this no is one, real. <laughs> no one knows any of this, but yeah, no, I, that's, I don't know. that's super fucking hard. That's that. If if the existence after death as a ghost, if there is fucking such a thing as spirits and ghosts, um, is that we we in, like our mind and our emotions and all of that still exist with just no physical form? Then, then yeah, I mean. I would, I know I would watch my family, mm -hmm. you know, there would be a point though, where I would have to stop watching my family so I could like get over the fact that I'm, I'm fucking dead. Right. You know? Um, and I think it would, I would hope it would be like kind of coinciding with them getting over the fact that I'm no longer around. Yeah. You yeah. know? So then when I saw them start to live their lives again, then I would be, I, not living my life, but like living my ghost life, whatever what if, the fuck that looks like. Okay, there's there's been a shit ton of people in this world who have died. Uh, yeah. So what, like, what if the ethereal was like just like a fucking full world of people? <laughs> Every person that's ever died. Yeah, it's chilling. And then what if it's a whole new world, but like <laughs> you had to live within the walls of like the real world? But just like in your old, so like as Fucking a ghost, you would sit at someone's table, 
and they're like eating like through you, but you're like eating too. And then you got like this, these friends that you're eating around or like you're going to go to bed and you lay down in bed, but you're laying like through somebody because you just want to lay in bed. There's no fucking room. No, because well, <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm saying like if you lived, if your life, if you're dead, oh, so life, like you, you're dead, yeah, in the you're house. dead yeah. but you're still in like, the real world. Yeah. But there's all these dead people around. So you're living life with all these dead people, ghosts. Yeah. But it's just in like conjunction of the real world. So you mean you have to sleep and everything too? And I eat? don't fucking know. Sure. Well, just, <laughs> yeah, so, so you have to sleep and eat when you, what the fuck? Okay. I, okay. If you didn't but, have to sleep and eat, cause I guess you're right. Wait, you're though, dead. You're you, ghost. You want to eat though. Right. Cause like that's part of heaven. So eat whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You know, it's like in, in, you know, you can take naps and shit like that. Like, if you want to talk about, like, living like that, whatever life you want to live, you know, it's like, because heaven is, is, like, the greatest and most amazing life you could ever dream up, right? It's yeah. fucking heaven. So then, like, you're, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, uh, there's a movie about this guy who, um, he dies, and he goes to this place um, where it's, like, it's a, it's an interim between between the the uh, physical being and heaven, mm-hmm. right? And in that interim, he um, he gets like judged on whether he lived his life well enough to go on to the next level, or um, or he has to go back and 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 do it all again as a new person. And see if they they can get it right this time, and so there's this part of the mo- movie where he's like he goes to this place called the Past Lives Pavilion, and you go inside and you sit down in front of this computer and you get to see yourself and all of your past lives, mm. and like every single past life he was a total fuck up, like he was like like he was a uh, uh, scared or like and you know and he like got like he was this he was this guy at this tribe in Africa and got eaten by a lion and shit like he like he had a shitty like and then like in the life he's in he was like this kind of sh- schlummy salesman guy and really didn't have much motivation in life didn't and so like he was on the list for like going back again yeah you know but also at that time you get to like eat as much as you want and you never get full and you never get fat. And um, it's like you get to do all these things. Like It's like a teaser for what's next. Like you get to do whatever, you know. And and so it was um, – it's an interesting movie. Sounds like it, yeah. 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 And, and so then, like, I, I won't give you any more of the plot if you ever want to watch it. I, I think it's got to be from, like, the 90s because it's a 90s movie, yeah. you know. It's like, uh, you know, in the 90s, like, when actors weren't, like, method actors – they you know, just, yeah, they sure. were just like, like Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, it's like, he's the same fucking guy in every single movie. He's just <laughs> fucking Tom Hanks. He's, he's really great at being Tom Hanks, you know, but it's like, oh, he's that guy. Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, he's that guy. Right. You know, it's like big. Oh, he's that guy. So anyway, I don't know where the fuck I went with that. But anyway, it's, it was a nineties movie, you know? So it's like, it's nothing too earth shattering. It's just like a pretty easy watch. Yeah, sure. You know? It's not gonna like move move heaven and what's earth. it called? You don't know. Um, not a big deal. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna look it up. I gotta look right. it up now. You. So there are so many accounts or books written of people who have like experienced near death 
they've had near death experiences or they had death experience where they were dead for eight minutes and whatever. And then they came back and then they had this big story about what happened in oh, that. Oh yeah. Cause they're like floating in that time. Okay. They were dead real quick before defending your life. That's okay. the name of the movie. 1991. It's a, it's a romance comedy. IMDb gave it 7.2 out of 10, 97% rotten tomatoes. Damn. For a movie I've never heard of. Yeah, Defending Your Life. If you haven't seen it, go out there and watch it. It's uh, Albert Brooks is in it. Good. I don't even know who the fuck that is. If you saw his picture, you would. Yeah, okay. Look him up. So Okay, so you die and you're floating over your body. Like, what do you think about people who have those stories or accounts? <laughs> There's so many of them. That's the thing, and they differ. Yeah, well, how much do they, I mean... I, maybe they differ just because of the circumstances, but yeah. there's so like your life flashing before your eyes. I think that is just like, um, I think that's like this, uh, uh, this internal brain thing that like you're in such a state of shock and, and like, and fear and everything else that like, all this stuff is like firing mm. all at once. Mm-hmm. I think that's the life flashing before your eyes thing. I don't really know if it's like, all your memories or something. It's just like you automatically go to a point where like, I'm going to die. There's a good chance I'm going to die right at this moment. And so it's like, you know, you think about, you think about the things that you're going to leave. Sure. You know, like, I think it's just like your brain is like, bam, hammers it like three second movie real quick. Um, But like the floating above your body thing, I think there's so many stories out there about it. Yeah, they it's can't like I'm, all be bullshit, right? Well, yeah, they're all uh, the stories are like what you're like watching it happen. Like if you're in a doctor's office or like you're in the surgery room, like I'm watching myself get surgery as I'm in the room now. Right. Yeah. But do you is that like a? It's not like just like I'm going in for surgery. It's like I goes in a car accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and I'm sitting there and I'm almost flatlined and I'm right. floating for a second because because I am flatlined. Right. And then they shock me and I'm back and, and I'm yeah. back. See, there's those ones. Um, what do you do? You think those are real? Like you said, there there's so many of them that I don't have an answer for. Like I don't have an answer for how you experienced it because it's. Like, I'm not discounting your experience on most of them. There's some of them where, the, like, the experience is like, okay, this seems, like, sales pitchy to be acting yeah, a certain this, way. Yeah, sounds like a movie I watched once. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Because it's interesting. So, you have, people have experiences like that. I've never had an experience like that. But I've had, like, a deja vu experience. So, how do you explain deja vu? Oh, where you feel like you've done something. To- yeah. I have that. I've had that many times. I was texting Sam, and it didn't click in my mind that this is, we've had this conversation, like deja vu, mm-hmm. until I wrote a very specific text. I'm like, I've read this text before, and I know yeah. what your answer is going to be. See, now I think that shit gets into like the multiverse. The infinite number of Kyles live in an infinite number of universes living the same exact life, but differently. Yeah. That's that shit... I, didn't, I don't know if that's um what's that called the quantum quantum physics right like like uh there's an infinite number of earths infinite universes 
and we're all, there's infinite Kyles and infinite Ikes, and this is just one of them, you know, and so this one's going to play out how it plays out, and the rest of them are going to play out how they play out, you know. What's the end game? Oh, that's when they beat Thanos. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> No, so I don't know. I don't know. See, that's the thing with quantum physics. I don't think there is an end game. That's a light it's, it's switch. Infinite. That's a light switch, then, right? Like if you die. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a light switch. It's just and, off. Yeah. But is it? Is it? I don't fucking know. All I know is I've had deja vu, and I feel like me. I. I don't know. Well, I'm wondering. Is it like is deja vu? Like, like something that you experience or are equally experiencing across realms of possibility like oh here's a theory for you oh i'm listening my brain just went ape shit cool okay multiple universes same things happening what if when you die your conscience goes to a deja vu style goes to a different universe where you're watching yourself die in that universe as well Okay, let me reel this in for a second because my brain just melted a little bit. <laughs> Kyle dies. Yep. And his consciousness as a spirit in from one goes from one 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 of these infinite Kyles. Yep. To another infinite Kyle, and watches that infinite Kyle, or that other Kyle, living his life. Or do you get watch yourself die? No, like you watch yourself die. Oh, that's where the spirit is. That's And that's why you feel like you're floating. And then when they bring you back to life, it draws back to your normal one. Mm. So you're saying... I don't know that, what I'm saying. That, that the, the spirit above the body that's watching the body on the, on the table after a bad car accident is actually a, a, a different... It's like a deja... Multi, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a deja vu moment. What's it called? From a different um, whatever quantum theorem. Yeah, shit yeah. You what's said. it called though? Like when you're, it's a, it's, it's um, possibility. <laughs> yeah, but there's a word for it. Fuck. Univer- I swear to God, we're not like on anything. It's, it's not universe. It's um, it's a, a different um. Fuck it. I don't know what it is. It's a different thing. Like where there's another existence. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a different existence. It's a different slice out of the fucking quantum universe so you're going through a wormhole basically well what yeah i mean what if it just turns it what if it's more of a deja vu moment where you watched it where something happened in a different you know timeline or whatever the fuck it was right and then when you're back conscious in the real your timeline universe thing it's more of a deja vu thing i don't know deja vu's it deja vu's a little creepy it's, yeah, it's it's certainly, you know, whenever it, it'll it'll make me stop, like everything I'm doing mm-hmm. when I'll have deja vu. I wonder if it's like, an, I don't like talk to people about deja vu ever really, but I wonder if everybody experiences deja vu in in some way or another, but we just don't all talk about it, or if it's like limited to to just like so many people. Hmm. I've experienced deja vu. So what do you think the percentage of people would say they experienced deja vu would be? I would, I don't know. I've never talked to anybody about it. It's pretty high. I would think so too. 75, 80, yeah. 85. How many things in our lives do we just not fucking talk about a with lot. people? So how, 
So I when I experience deja vu, it's not like regular. It's mm-hmm. maybe you know once every few months. That sounds accurate to me. Yeah. Maybe once every few months something comes up. The weirdest ones for me are like when I'm when I'm driving. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm driving down the road and I look out and I see like a scene and it's like fuck. Yeah. I've been here before and I've looked at the same exact scene from this same exact angle. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's like down to like a cars in a parking lot. Yeah. All the same cars are there and it's like I remember that car. How do I remember that car? Do you ever try to change the moment? Like in a deja vu moment, like I experience deja vu and then I consciously remember how this is supposed to end. So I'll actively try and change really? the Really? You yeah. know how it's supposed to end? Yeah. So like in texting my wife, um, the deja vu moment like last week was... She wanted to know if family, if we wanted to have like a potluck tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I had written out a text saying, yeah, you can invite everyone if you want, blah, 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 blah. And then the deja vu moment, like her mom couldn't make it or something like that. And so I, so I actively said in the thing, like, I know they're going to say no. And she goes, well, they said yes now. Like, ah, oh, see, but I didn't say I know they were going to say no because... <laughs> Is, but, yeah. but you didn't know them. No, but at the same time, I thought, okay, I'm going to, in the deja vu moment, I didn't say I know how this should go. See, now that sounds like lucid dreaming too, a little bit. But it was something that didn't happen yet. I know, but but you're trying to you're trying to have an effect on, yes, right. on this ethereal space, like a, like a dream. Yeah, I was trying to have an effect on it yeah so yeah. you're trying you, you're not in control of everything kyle i'm trying to change <laughs> destiny through deja vu moments so do you lucid dream i do but you- i didn't for for the longest time i always thought oh there's no i don't lucid dream like people would tell me about their dreams and say i was in my dream and i was doing things yeah and i was like oh it's so fucking cool i don't do that so i need to before we get into this i need to clarify lucid dreaming is lucid dreaming remembering dreams or is lucid dreaming controlling yourself and knowing you're in a dream? It's being aware of when you're in a dream and manipulating your dream. Okay. That's what I see lucid dreaming as. Okay. So is that what you see it as? Or? Yes, but I can never remember my dreams. See, I remember them like for a short period of time in the morning, you know? Sure. You never remember any of your dreams? No, I remember some dreams, but I know like, like, I know I dream every night. Like, mm-hmm. I th- I'm pretty sure that's a, like a brain scan thing. That's, I'm pretty sure people Maybe dream. Maybe not. I, I'd see, I'm not sure like every night that I dream. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I just fucking go to sleep and wake up. I remember dreams when I'm woken up in the dream. Oh, okay. Not, not like woken up in a dream. Like when I'm dreaming mm-hmm. and then I'm woken up. Yeah. Like, like a noise or something wakes yeah. you up or something like that. Then you. If I'm woken up like mid dream, I'll remember that dream. Yeah, I'd say that. Like, yeah, because we got a dog that sleeps in our bed. Yeah. And if I'm dreaming, dreaming heavy, and then the dog moves around or something, then I'll I'll, I'll maybe have a more of an opportunity right, to right. remember the dream. There's sometimes though, like my dream will be so fucking real 
that I'll wake up in the morning just from waking up. Mm. And it's like, um, <laughs> this is what happens. I'm in my dream and I'm, I'm fucking walking down the street, walking my dog. Cause my dog's in the bed with me. And it's like, Oh, gonna, gonna go to a restaurant, get in the restaurant. I'm sitting down outside getting ready to have a sandwich. And all of a sudden it's like, Hmm, I think I'm going to take a pee on that sandwich. <laughs> and then it's like, no, you're not motherfucker. Wake up. <laughs> That's when I know oh. I'm losing dreaming because it's like, I can, I can stop myself from peeing on my sandwich. Cause I, I know I got to pee in real life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always get nervous about peeing in dreams. You never want to do that. Dream, never want to do ever. that. If you ever feel like you got to pee in a dream, don't do it. It's a trap. Wake the fuck up. So, so you have lucid dreams where you like know you're in a dream and do you try you try and control the dream or change things? I I do I I've had recollections before. I can't access it right now. Right. But I've had recollections before of understanding that when I was in the dream, I was I was manipulating the dream in the dream. Mm-hmm. Like I want to leave this house, so I would leave the house. Or I would like <clears throat> you know, I want to like drive a car, so I drive a car. You know, or I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to this person or I want to talk like whatever, you know, I, I yeah. was in the conversation or whatever I was talking to somebody or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, you, do you? Yeah. But I like, do, are you aware that you're dreaming? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because things are so fucked up. Yeah. Like I'll have dreams. And I'll be aware that I'm dreaming. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do this instead. Yeah. And I'll do something that, you know, jump off a cliff. Like, oh. I'm fucking dreaming. Whatever. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Like, I know I'm dreaming at this point. Mm-hmm. You ever die in your dreams? Huh? Yeah. Is that fucked up? <laughs> Sorry, I said that pretty casually. No, I I don't know. I don't know. It's like some people say if like if if you die in your dream and you like you always wake up before you like land at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah. You know, so it's like they say if you land then you die. Like you'll die in your sleep if you actually die in your dream. Oh, really? There are people that believe that. Yeah. So it's like that's why that's like right before you crash the car, right before you fall, like you you I suppose hit the yeah, rocks. maybe I've never trying to remember i know i've like yeah been falling but maybe i've never like yeah, had impact or i've always i've dreamed about me being dead and like seeing my family and me being dead uh-huh. you know i've dreamed of that but i don't think i've ever dreamed about actually the process of me dying i've I've had fucked up dreams, like horror movie dreams, mm-hmm. where it's like I'm fighting someone, like a bad person, mm-hmm. and like I get shot. Okay. And like I know I'm going to die, get shot. Mm-hmm. But then I usually like wake up after that. Yeah, you don't actually die. I don't actually die in the dream, but I know like if I'm still, if I would have stayed in the dream, I would have died in the dream. Hmm. We needed like have a, a dream specialist guest on today, a death and dream and. See, it's really hard to recall, but I maybe have I maybe have died in a dream. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever have. I don't think I've ever like full on kicked the bucket in the dream. I've been close. I've had sex in public. Yeah, me too. Because I knew I was dreaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, why not? Exactly. Let's give it. <laughs> exactly that was my thought too like whatever this is a dream yeah it's a dream let's have some fun let's do it interesting now i'm gonna ask you a question Uh oh. 
Don't get angry at me, Sam. Uh-oh. Have you ever had sex with somebody that's not your wife in your dream while you're married? Yeah. Is that cheating? No, you can't control that. <laughs> you just did. You said you can. No. So. It's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's happened to me. And then I wake up and it's like, whoa. It's like, am I supposed to like that or not? <laughs> like Sam knows. I <laughs> I know. I'm sure she does. I'm just saying. It's like, it's a, it's a strange feeling though. Yeah. Right? It's. That's one feeling. The the really weird feeling is like when you're having sex, but the face, like you you don't recall who you're having sex with. Or like the oh. face changes like halfway through. Yeah, that is fucking weird. That is weird. Yeah. What do you think it like what does that mean? I don't know. Is it supposed I mean, or does it even fucking mean anything? Because like a lot of me wants to believe it's like fuck, it's a dream. It doesn't mean shit. You know, but then like if I have a crazy fucking dream. You know, then all of a sudden I want to assign a meaning to it. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, well, that means that, you know, I'm going to have a, a great day or that means I've got a lot of money coming my way. Well, and, people dream journal all the time. Right. I know. And there are people that believe that dreams mean specific things. If you mm-hmm. have a dream about a fucking a coyote, like that's a very, that's a Native Americans, like they've analyzed dreams for a long time. If they had a dream about a coyote, it meant something was coming, you know, or they have a dream about a big storm or something that's like, they would there was symbolism involved in the dreams. Interesting, you know. Um, but it's like so. I think I think as as like humans wanting to be in control of everything and wanting to have all the answers naturally, we're gonna assign meanings to sure. things. That maybe they don't fucking have any meaning at all. Maybe it's just like your brain is like going taking a fucking break from reality. Yeah. What? Every time I have a dream and it's like. I'm going to say bad, but it implies like I'm being chased like in a horror movie or something oh, like that. Oh, sure. Scary. You're always, you're always fucking slow and you can't move. You're like your feet stop working and shit like mm. that. Does that happen for you? No, not really. Uh-uh. Oh, all the time. That's like that's like an 80s campy horror film. Like you, like, you mean like that? Like Or just like you just... Yeah, like when you're trying to get... Or you're trying to escape, like your car's going to blow up. You're trying to run away, but you can't like fucking move fast enough to get away from mm. the car. Do you ever move your actual physical body in your dreams? I have no idea. Well, I would... But I would think like maybe Sam would be able to say you were moving around or something like that. You've never... She's never said anything like that to you? She's never said anything like that to me, no. What was that fucking smirk? You just, <laughs> you just gave me the, the slyest little fucking smirk. I'm like, what is going on? Call me out. I was going to say, I've, I've been able to do other things via dreams. You mean like nocturnal emissions? What? Nocturnal emissions? Yeah, you never heard of nocturnal emissions? No. That's like your wet dream. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's like a teenage, like it happens to all teenage yeah, I know. boys. Is I that, get, that what you meant? Yeah. Does it happen still? It has. Shit. Dude, you're I'm telling you, man, you got the vigor of a fucking sixteen year old. Impressive. It have it hasn't in like a year. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, that's I was I called that's what I called it. it was nocturnal emissions. I've never fucking heard that. Really? No. Yeah. Look it up on your phone. I bet you just look up nocturnal emissions. No, I don't want to. I I I'm just gonna <laughs> I wanna see if there's an actual definition or if it's just some bullshit. Um, that I, I made up. So, so I mean, if your brain can essentially, how do you spell nocturnal? N O R knock. Oh yeah. There you go. Nocturnal. C. 
I got it. Oh, it's the third that came up on Google. Nocturnal, nocturnal is that urban animals. Di- is that urban dictionary? No, it's just Google search. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Nocturnal emissions. There's <laughs> a picture of soiled underwear. <laughs> <laughs> a nocturnal emission, informally known as a wet dream, sex dream, nightfall, or sleep orgasm, is a spontaneous orgasm during sleep that includes ejaculation for a male or vaginal wetness or an orgasm or both for a female. Oh, well, there you go. I've never in my life heard a woman talk about nocturnal emissions yeah. ever. I, I just assumed it was just a dude thing. Yeah, I'm Is not sure. Is that like, like egotistical of me or, or I just assumed? I mean, why wouldn't it be a woman's thing too? Yeah, I see. I don't know how it fucking works. Like, I don't know. Is it all brain power or is there like, without knowing, are you like sleeping on your stomach? And so there's like some rubbing happening at the same time. So you're. I think it's hormones. I think it's just full on like fucking raging hormones because you're like, you're at that point in your life where you can reproduce now and your body's like, we got to fucking do something with this shit. You know, and so it's like, it's like uh, cleaning out the system because it hasn't been cleaned out. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, um, but like with with men, there's obvious evidence. Oh, for sure, right? You know, but I would think there'd still be some level of evidence with women. Yeah, maybe it's easier to. I don't know. I don't interesting, know. interesting, interesting thoughts. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, there's people who like sleepwalk. Yeah, 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 yeah. All that. So I talk in my sleep. Sam used so, to talk in her sleep all the time. So my dreams, if I'm having a really heavy dream, I'll start. I'll talk about whatever like is happening in my mm, dream. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk. So in my 30s, I got diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, and when I was diagnosed, um, after some like counseling and like some like attention deficit adult support group kind of stuff, I just really dug into it a little bit. And so um, my uh, uh, counselor uh, prescribed Adderall um, to help, like, so basically the Adderall is, is, it's an amphetamine, it's speed, but for people with attention deficit, it actually slows down the brain, not speeds it up. So it, it like, puts everything in the focus and, and like, uh, so if you want to take, like, say something with somebody with attention deficit disorder, um, if you have a, 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 a little bowl of ping pong balls and every one of those ping pong balls is a thought. And, and like, if you want to get to the thought about nocturnal emissions, you got to pick through all the other thoughts to get to that thought and pull it out. And it's really fucking hard to separate it from sure. all the other ping pong balls. And so to, and unless like. It's something you're super into, then it's just one bowl with one ping pong ball and nothing fucking else exists. Like that's what attention deficit disorder is like. If you had that, that hyperactive to it, then you're then you like your your body is flying high on top of your brain flying high. So um what the uh what the Adderall does is it allows you to reach into that bowl, pick up the ping pong ball pull it out away from all the other ping pong balls and they're still there, but you can look at this one and you can think about this one thing and focus on it more. So it's like, say you got to write, like you got to write a paper, you want to read a book or you want to um, work on your car. You can, you can take that process and, and, and do it. um, That sole thing 
without losing track of it, you know, because a fucking bird sure, flew by, sure. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's like, say you're working on your car and, um, like, you get a phone call. So you stop working on your car and you pick up pick up the phone. All of a sudden, that, that working on the car part of your brain, it got thrown back in the basket with all the other shit. And when you when you hang up the phone, you if you want to go back to work on your car, you got to go dig through the basket again to oh, pull sure. that ball back out to go back to work on the car. Um, <clears throat> so transitioning is super fucking hard. Um, so anyway, the Adderall helps with, with that. And... But what it also does is, like, it changes your whole mental process. So, like, the person, when I started taking Adderall, um, I was a different person. Like, I was, obviously, I'm Ike, but, um, like, how I handled situations and, like, my ability to process things. And I wasn't as spontaneous. I wasn't, yeah. you know, I, I lost a piece of what made me me. The other thing that happened to me was... I would have night terrors. Okay. So when it, in the middle of the night, I, I would dream so heavy and so crazy that I would like jump out of bed and I would be stuck between my dream and the real world. Okay. And so I was physically acting out my dream and I could see the real, it, it was like, it was like this. Like, and so I would sit on my bed, right? I would sit up in the middle of the night and I would be dreaming about, see, I was dreaming about work. So, um, I would be working, I used to be a printing press operator. So I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and right in front of me is my work. So there's all the guys I work with and the machines and the equipment and my paperwork. And I'm sitting there and I look down at myself and I'm in my underwear. So that's kind of fucked up. So I'm like at work in my underwear and I'm trying to like figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I'll look over my shoulder and I'll see my wife asleep in my bed. But when I look straight forward, I'm in a printing plant. Mm -hmm. And it would, like, fuck with me so bad. I would get stuck. And so then I would, like, get up and I would walk around and I would be almost manic. And, and, and so I would be trying to escape the, the like, if I'm going to be in the, in the printing press world where I'm working, I would be trying to find a place I can go find some clothes, you know, but then when I would turn around, I would like hit my knee on the bed. I'm like, fuck, I'm, in, I'm, I'm asleep. I'm, I'm in my bed. I would lay back down, but then I would look around and I would be back in the fucking world. Wow. It was such a fucking trip. And then, it, so it was like, <laughs> there were times when I would wake up in the middle of the night and not wake up and I would lean over and I would stare at Stephanie. And so she would wake up and see me staring at her and it freaked her the fuck out. Yeah, like freaked big me time. Out too. And so there was, there was like a stretch of time where she was just like, I don't know if I can sleep in the same bed with you because I don't know what you're going to do in the middle of the night. I never hurt her or touched her or anything like that, but it was like this weird fucking place, you know? And so it got to a point where I was like, I just can't do this. Yeah. Like it's fucking with my, my, my real life too much. I need to figure out more coping mechanisms that I can do sure. and just understand that, okay, so sometimes I'm a little fucking flighty. Sometimes I can't hold on to ideas as long and I can't transition very well, but it's better than the alternative. So, um, oh, and one more thing that happened to me. I was, um, I was actually at work 
and I was in the break room and I was trying to read a paper and I couldn't hold the paper still. The fucking, the whole paper was shaking. And it was like, I, I was like, I was, you know, like I had Parkinson's or something. I was worried, you know, because my hands would just have tremors and mm. they would just shake. And so it got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't like hold on to a spoon and eat cereal without it shaking. Jeez. And so it was like, okay, so this has got to stop. Because of the medication. Uh, yes. Wow. I believe it was because as soon as I stopped taking the medication, all that shit went away. Sure. Sure. So, um, but in those dreams, it was the weirdest fucking craziest feeling to be in like the dream world yeah. and the real world at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> That's some trippy shit. Very. So is that what it's like to be dead? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to like no, it's derail shit, but yeah, it was um that's that's like the craziest dreams like where I those dreams would um stick with me for a long time because sure. it was so, so physical well, you're half and conscious. real. Yeah. You're like half conscious. Yeah. But I didn't ever do the thing where I like walked around the house and like, you know, like sleepwalking, sleepwalking. Right, I didn't right. ever do that. Like my brother, he used to sleepwalk. He'd get out of bed and he'd go and piss in the dryer. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Smells fucking terrible. I bet. Yeah. He would just go in there and open the dryer door and he would piss in the dryer. Huh. Yeah. If you could like, and not know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Then you turn the dryer on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was bad. That would, yeah. It was bad news. Yeah, I think I've only been like, I wasn't, it wasn't even relative, but recently with my second COVID vaccine, it fucking knocked me out mm -hmm. hard. And uh, I was taking the day off because I just felt like trash. But I was like, so I slept until like 4 p.m. The, the day after I got my second COVID vaccine. Okay. Like I had a massive fever and the only thing relatable was, like people were texting me really early in the morning and I kept like texting, but half falling asleep. Oh, so like I was texting, but sleeping at the same time. And like, I would wake up to someone texting me and I'd answer it, but then I'd fall back asleep. So did you like look back where your texts like cognizant? Uh, there was one that wasn't that I texted basically from the dream <laughs> if that really sense. yeah it was fucked up so hopefully the person you texted wasn't like a co-worker or something no no it's good it was all oh. good but like that was the only that's like the most relatable like i was like half conscious but half not conscious mm -hmm. so uh, that was a yeah 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 sam used to talk in her sleep when we first started to date well she not only talked she like flailed Mm. Like there's so many times I'd get an elbow to the face. Like I'd sleep just like with my hand ready to catch a flying elbow. Oh, you know what? Because she would turn and like she's just not used to like boom, someone being right there. Yeah, I want to say I should say I did say that I I never like touched Stephanie, but there were times when I I like I Elbowed would her. I, yeah, so I would like move around and yeah. I would like I I guess when I said I would never touch her, I didn't like. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't like staring over her and, and then like 
touching her, but yeah, I would flail around. That's and it's so when when Sam was in that position, when you went to sleep, were you, did you ever wonder, like, am I going to get hit tonight? Oh, all the time. Yeah. So what's that like? It's like sleeping with a guard up. Like I had to like get ready. Like, like can you sleep? Like if well? we're if we're cuddling, right? Yeah. And her back is towards me. Like I know. Like if we're on her right side, that at some point she's going to turn around and her right or her left elbow is going to come at my face. <laughs> You're going to get fucking peeled. I'm going to get fucking jacked <laughs> in the head. But she used to, so she she used to she she stopped and I don't know if she stopped because I answered back or what but she used to talk in her sleep and i used to talk to her all the time really yeah dude so i watched a video this this woman who talks in her sleep and her husband asked her he said i'd like to record you talking in your sleep so you know what it's like when you're talking in your sleep so she'd get up she'd be like yo so i put some cotton in the bowl because <laughs> Because you know, there's that that stuff is really good for anxiety or something. But and her husband's like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then I'm gonna go take a walk. And so she'd like walk out so fucking side. Oh, damn. Yeah, and he would like follow her with the camera, like walk around the yard, and she'd be like, she'd be like gardening, <laughs> and then she'd get up and she'd go back to sleep, and and it was like you know, because she she'd wake up in the morning with dirt underneath her fingernails yeah. and shit, and wonder like, I what feel tired fuck. as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So. I wonder how many people experience that where they actually do things. Mm, see, that's a lot more intense than in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. It's like doing dishes and yeah. shit like uh that um Ambien, right? That's that drug, that sleep drug yep. that fucks people up and they do Does weird it fuck shit. People up? There's like stories, I think, of people who have actually murdered somebody what? in their sleep. Yes. They fucking murdered somebody in their sleep and they went to court and they blamed it on the Ambien. Because the ambient like really fucks with people, like bad. Wow. And it's like usually it's like an like taking too much of it. Sure. But it's like they'll do crazy shit, like full on crazy shit in the middle of the night, and it's like and have zero recollection of it. Wow. How could you? Could you imagine? No. Could you fucking imagine waking up covered in blood? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's scary. Like I'd rather not sleep. I, I I just stopped taking the shit. I'd rather yeah. deal with whatever the fuck. I well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's just like no, when Sam talked, it wasn't like to that level at well, all. I it hope was, not. You're still here. Thank no, God. No, no, no. But it was or like getting up and walking around. Mm -hmm. It was more like just a phrase would come out, mm -hmm. and then occasionally I'd be like, oh yeah, and then it'd be like, tell me more about that, and then she'd like mumble something half. That's I think that's what happens to me. Yeah, and I still do that. I still talk because Stephanie will tell me the next morning. She'd be like, oh, you were chatty chatty last yeah. night and it's like, now when sam talks it's usually like yelling at her boys oh really all the time yeah she yells at the boys <laughs> in her sleep <laughs> oh that's funny it's just like a phrase or two and then i'm like sam you're talking she'll fall back asleep okay she's like she's like don't touch that stuff like yeah. that yep okay so how much of our sleep is dictated by the shit that happens to us the day before see i don't know and I like levels of anxiety and stuff that we carry when we go to sleep that's the thing like most of my dreams are so fucking out there they have nothing to do with day-to-day -day. well maybe you're just such a fucking chill guy that when you fall asleep at night you're just like cool as a cucumber and the days 
uh, distractions have washed over you and you've let it all go and you're just ready to step into the ethereal dreamland? I, no. I no? struggle falling asleep. Do you? Do you struggle falling asleep because of your body or because of your mind? Both. So do you have anxiety? Okay. There's like been four people who have asked me that. I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's, the, the, I mean, so like if you have an active mind and you just like, you're just thinking about shit. It's like the shit that you're thinking about. Like, what do you think about before you go to sleep? Yeah, it just depends. I, but I started listening to concerts. <laughs> when I try and go to bed. Fuck about your concerts. I'm curious about what you're thinking about. <laughs> what is it? No, seriously, I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, it's like, so with your, if you're like sitting in bed at night, yeah. iPad, YouTube, like. And I know that you, doesn't help. I, but are you thinking about like. A, a, a woodworking thing you'd like to do or are you thinking about something that you forgot to do that you wish you had done so i okay i like to watch youtube videos and i like to listen to music because when i watch those things and i listen about those things my brain kind of like gets to shut off mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah and then when i stop watching it and i like i roll over on my side then I start thinking about all the random shit from the day or th what I have to do the next day. Oh, okay. And that's when the brain turns back on. So so maybe it's not like anxiety. It's like your brain is like super active, like behind the scenes watching shit. But then once the shit turns off, your brain activity comes to the forefront. Right. So it's not like your brain's not active when you're watching stuff. You're still thinking about it, but you don't really have to think too much because it's given to you. Yeah. But you're firing everything because you're, like, in order to absorb everything you're watching, your brain's got to be firing, you know? But it's like, you ever try to read a book before you go to sleep? No. See, I've tried and I can't. Like, I just, I just boom. Yeah. My, like, when my brain gets to a point where it's like it's not being stimulated by anything other than words on a piece of paper, I'm like, I'm cooked, mm -hmm. you know, but if I'm watching a video or something, I could sit on my phone for hours watching shit because it's stimulating my brain. And it's like, maybe it's just a piece of the brain that's getting stimulated. That doesn't require much energy. Sure. Just, yeah. You're just, yeah. Passively consuming. Yeah. So, sure. um, but like when, if you if you're trying to fall asleep and you're like you got physical energy, like well, usually, I, my I, foot usually like bounces and stuff like that. Maybe I just need to do stretches. Well, so I'm wondering, like you know, like we, they say, like with little kids, like okay, not even little kids. Like say my my son is 14, right? He's on um, he plays a lot of video games during the day, you know, and so because it's summertime and he does it, I wish he did more active things, but he just doesn't. It's not his jam. But at 14 years old, your body's like a little fucking reactor. Sure. Right? You know? And it's like, it's constantly got this stored energy. Yeah. You know? And so if, if the energy does never get released for enough for, like, your body to just relax, to fall asleep, then all he does is he just plays games until he just can't keep his eyes open anymore. Mm, sure. You know? Sure. And, and that's not like you're your physical energy isn't being expended. Right. But as you and I both know, mental and emotional energy can certainly deplete a person to a point of exhaustion, you know, um, without actually expending too much physical energy. But 
when um when we get him outside and we're doing stuff as a family then he's got like all kinds of fucking yeah. crazy energies bouncing off the walls yeah and it's like well, where's all this energy coming from well it's not being used anywhere else you know and so it's like if i if i have a lot of physical energy when i when i'm trying to fall asleep i can't fall asleep sure i just can't but if it's like i have an activity you can participate in that'll expand the energy at night okay let's let's hear it well you're gonna have to get someone else's consent oh <laughs> you're talking about the whimsical the whimsical the whimsical land, land. If you want to go to disneyland <laughs> before you go to bed <laughs> yeah that activity doesn't that's not like a bedtime activity in my house it's not yeah. when by the time i get to bed and stephanie well, gets the bed all day yeah there's just like that's like sleep 90 mm-hmm. percent of the time sleep yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like i'm more of like a midday guy on my day off sporadic yeah yeah rainy days like nice. i like that i got a house full of boys yeah you know it's sometimes you got to get creative you know <laughs> Just go to the bathroom, turn on the fan, turn on the shower, white noise, lock yeah. the door. So did you ever shower with your kids? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It I, I used to take baths with my kids and stuff. Yeah, all the yeah. time. Lincoln's yeah. big thing is every time he hears the shower running, whether it's Sam or myself, he literally runs to it and be like, I'm gonna shower with you. Because mm-hmm. he just wants to go in there. Yeah. So. It's I, I think it's totally normal. It's yeah. like it's just it's a thing. I think there's a point where you stop. Oh, sure. You know, sure. but so it's what, what dictates the point when you stop though? Like, is it like when, when you think that people would think you should have to stop or it, it, there's so many, like, so our society is so weird about sex. Right. And it's like, there's so much like you hear about the, like the fucking, the pastors and churches and the boy scouts and people like having sex with kids and mm-hmm. abusing mm-hmm. kids where it's like you wouldn't want anybody to ever think that that might be you you know it's like so like when do you stop taking a shower with your kids when do you stop doing that kind of stuff it's like i don't know like yeah i don't think there's a right or a wrong i don't think there is either but it's like but I i'm know sure it's different like if i had a daughter right and just like it's no different than my boys and Sam. Like I'm sure there's going to be a point where it's like, yeah, I don't want to shower naked in front of you anymore. <laughs> right. You know, but like that's, is that only because I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying is that only because of the society we live in? Cause it's like, you look at like in other nations, they're walking around naked all the time. Yeah. doesn't matter. Sure. It's like, who cares? It's like mom's naked, dad's naked, kids are naked. Who who the fuck cares? It's just what life is. Yeah. That's how we live. You know, so we assign the sexuality to growing up and all those things because that's what our society does, you know. So it's like, but if it's in in the more natural environment where there's not the societal norms involved, what changes it? It's like, I would think there's a point where puberty certainly changes it. For sure. You know. I would think even before then, though. But that's the thing. But For us in our society, it's far before puberty. Yeah. You know, that it changes it. And it's just like, I remember, like, my boys, it's like, if I'm going to the bathroom taking a pee, my boys used to love to come and pee next to me. Mm. 
it's like, oh, I'm going to pee too. Dad's peeing. And it's like, you're peeing in the same toilet. And it's like, ha, ha, ha. And they're like, like, huh. And they're like looking at my junk and they're like, that's interesting. How come there's all that hair there or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, son, it's like, it's part of the conversations you have about your body and growing up and all the different things. And it's like, I would think that the curiosity would be, it's, it, it is the same going the other direction, mm-hmm. you know, from male to female, female to male. It's like, oh, you're learning about the human anatomy right. through your parents, you know, because you know they're thinking about it. Little kids are curious about everything. You know, it's like, huh, how come you got that and I don't? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, hmm. Why do I got this and you don't? <laughs> I wish I could sing. That's one of those things I really uh, like. I took singing lessons once. Um, and uh, um, I was like, it was right before the pandemic. And I re- Wait, you took singing lessons right before the pandemic? I did. Like, I had to stop my lessons because the pandemic came and it was like, it shut everything down. I was like, I was paying um, this local musician to like, teach me how to sing. Cause like, I've always had a fascination with being able to sing. Like, so as I, a 40 year old, yeah. What, what sparked wanting to take lessons to sing? You know, so um, I've always loved, like I, I sing like all the time. You know, I shouldn't say all the time. I used to sing a lot more than I do now, but it's like, and I think like, I don't know. I think I'm, I don't think I'm fucking like a broken record, but I'm certainly not a singer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I've always had like this super high appreciation of how like a, a a singer can make me feel like how I can connect with the words and, and the melody and their voice and like the, it's just like this really amazing feeling and connection that like really lifts me up. It swells me with joy and, and, and love and happiness. I just love it. Like it's just something about it. Um, you know, you can like, you can, you can take someone to another place with a song. Yeah, for sure. You know? And so, um, I've always been like, fuck, it'd be so cool to be able to do that. And then um, my friend that was uh, a local musician and she teaches, um, she has singing classes, voice lessons for kids and stuff. And she opened up this thing for adults. She's like, it was like, uh, she's going to take on so many people. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the um, lessons, it was like five or 10 lessons. And at the end, you know, they were going to have like the showcase thing where you're supposed to sing for everybody. And I was not about that. But, um, but I was like, fuck, let's like, why not? Like, it's something I've always wanted to be able to do. And and it's like, why the fuck not? It's scary, mm-hmm. you know? But it was like, if I could do it, it'd be so fucking awesome. I would love it. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. I signed up. Nice. Yeah. So I'd, what kind of music were you trying to sing? So the funny thing is, like, I, I'm a big country music fan. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I really like Chris Stapleton. I was, well, at the time especially, I was really into Chris Stapleton. And so she told me, she's like, okay, bring some songs that you might want to sing. You know, and so um, I showed up and I had like a couple Chris Stapleton songs and uh, I don't know, some other song. It was a Mark Cohen song. Um, but uh, uh, she's like, oh, she's like, I never f- pegged you for a country music guy. I'm like, no, really? Like, I'm like in my blood from when I was a kid till now. Like, I listen to so much country music. And she, so she picked out um, Lean on Me by Bill Withers. Mm-hmm. And so that was the song that I was to sing and I, 
I partially think because she knows the song really well, so it's easy easier for her to teach it to me. So she wouldn't have to learn a whole new song to teach me how to sing the song. Um, and then the other part is it's a great song. Sure. You know, and it's not like one that really like challenges like a lot of pitch and stuff, you know, so I think it's one that you could sing or I could sing that like I wouldn't have to like be an excellent singer right. to make it sound okay. She's you know, make you sound good. That's the thing. She's like, gives me some confidence, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I went and took one lesson. I was scared as fuck because I don't like, I can sing in front of people, but not like try to sing. Right. You know, it's like, I'm not, I, I'm not like trying to sound good when I sing in front of people. When I sing by myself, I try to sound good. But if it's in front of somebody else, like I don't want, it, it's vulnerable, right? Yeah, you're, for you're, sure. You're trying. And then if, if people know that you're trying, then you're putting yourself out there for someone to judge if you're doing well or not. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to do that. So to sit down with her, I was like shaking. I was so fucking nervous. Like my leg was bouncing. And I'm like, just so you know, I'm scared as fuck right now. And she's like, why? I mean, well, because this is fucking scary, man. Like I don't sing in front of people like this, you know? And she's just like, well, it's, it's a safe space. It's fine. I'm like, I'm here. I'm going to do it. I'm just telling you right now, like I'm nervous. Yep. And she's like, okay, okay. Thanks for telling me. And so we went through these songs and she had me sing like a chorus, like three songs. I'm like, motherfucker, really? Three songs? I got to sing, you know? And then, so she would play some music and I would sing. And then by the time I got to like the third song, I was a little more comfortable. Um, and then she's like, okay, let's, we're going to try this song. And so I had to sing the whole song in front of her. And she's like, okay, so then you're going to take this home and you're going to practice and you're going to work on this. And when you come back, you know, we're going to do it again and we're going to work on like finding your pitch and you got to do the la la la, that kind of shit. And, uh, um, and so I came home and I was like singing my song and then like, when I was in the car, I played it like 50 fucking times. Like I'm going to nail this fucking song. And then it was like, wah, wah, wah. We're shut down. Oh man. So you literally only got to go once? One time. Ah, uh, and it hasn't time. restarted? No, hasn't Bro. restarted. I know. I was like, so I, I'm, I'm still going to, I want to do it again. Yeah. You know, but what happens in life, right? You get fucking busy and you start doing our shit and you fill the time with other things. And it's then it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, so I got to open up a, a window of time. Right. To do to it. To do it again. Yeah. And that's okay, but it's hard to do. It's like hard once you've already accepted that it's not happening right now. You know, I, I, I didn't hold on to it and I didn't like wait around for, like I'm not just like waiting for this window where like I'm gonna pounce on it as right, soon as it right. comes up. When the time comes again, it's like okay. So when am I gonna make time to do this? But I I do I really I would love to be able to sing. I think it'd be so fucking you're, cool. So you're a shower singer? Oh yeah. Are people uh, in the house when you do it? Let me take that back. I used to be a, a little bit of a shower singer, yeah. but not, not really. I'm more of a car singer. Okay. Like if there's when I'm listening to the radio or I'm listening to music in the car, that's more when I sing. Gotcha. You know, um, I don't sing as much as I used to. I used to be a shower singer. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be a shower singer also. Yeah. I turned into a car singer. And now it's like I'll sing, but it it's only when I'm alone. What happens to that? I don't know. Why does that change? Is it because we're so fucking busy in our minds always thinking about so much shit that we can't, like, separate? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... Like, if Sam and the boys are home, I won't sing in the shower. No. You don't right. want them to hear you. Is yeah, but I don't even play music in the shower then anymore. 
when they when they're home. Like I'm, I love listening to music in the shower. Yeah. Um, like if I'm home alone, or you know, Sam works in the morning and she left really early with the boys, and I get up and I gotta get ready for work. Like I'll put a speaker in the shower, like that little. I'll do the light show one. Oh yeah, take yeah, 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 the light show. Pop that bad boy not in the shower, but in the bathroom. Fucking mm-hmm. turn it up, and I'll just there it is. I'll hang out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, like my son, he's so much like me. But he, he he'll walk around. He'll just sing. Mm. You know, he's like, and it, and he doesn't sing very. It's another thing I do when if I'm singing when I used to sing like in the radio when there's other people in the car. It was always like really low. Oh, yeah. Super low. Cause I didn't want to like, I knew I really couldn't sing. Take it back. If it was just my kids and me, I would sing at the top of my lungs and we all would. Mm. But if it's like me and Stephanie, then I wouldn't do it. Cause it's like, I, di- I didn't want like, I want her to like be like, oh, you suck. I'm trying to listen, <laughs> trying to listen to the music and, and like I can't hear the song. You know, it's like, I, I say that because it happened. A few times where it's like, okay, so, okay, fine. She doesn't want me to oh, sing no. in the car. So I'm sorry, man. That's kind of harsh. Uh, it wasn't like, well, yeah, it kind of was. Um, so it was like, yeah, don't sing in a car around people, mm. you know. Um, and uh, I guess part of it's probably you don't want to get rejected. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't tell, you want someone telling you, it's like, oh, I'm trying to hear the music and right. you, you, you're kind of messing it up, you know, but. Like to me, singing is like something that you do when you are so fucking free. Like you're so fucking like open and joyful and happy or or even sad, but it's like you're just free to like let it fucking let it fly. Mm. You know? If you're singing like really giving it, you're in a place where you're free. That's what I think. Um, you don't give a fuck about if anybody hears you, you don't give a fuck about if you forget the words, any of it. You're just feeling it. Like you're feeling the vibe of the song and you're just letting it fly. I love that feeling. Mm. It's like, it's just an embodiment of like full-on openness. And and so, like, if I, you ever fucking pull up to a stoplight and you look over and someone's just yeah. fucking jamming out? Yep. It makes me so happy to see someone just fucking doing a drum fucking solo on the steering wheel and like you just see their mouth and like <laughs> and they're just belting it out and it's like yeah motherfucker do it you know it's, it's like it's such a great feeling to see somebody just like giving it it's like it's just awesome yeah i like it yeah listen to music last night at, we were out eating dinner and, and we stopped by and it's like I, I love live music and we haven't listened to live music in a long time and we fucking sat down out at tumbled rock and this yeah that was, new freaking uh, little pergola thing they yeah, built. Stage area, yeah, yeah it looks fucking, great. It's awesome, and it and it sounds good out there too. Does it? It really does. And this guy was singing, and he did this like mashup song, and it's just like, um, I walked up to him, and in, in between sets, we we're getting ready to leave, and I gave him a tip and stuff, and it's just like, uh, um, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, thanks for coming out, and it's like, I I was like, my my heart was so full of love. Mm. It's like I don't even know this guy hardly at all. And I'm like, dude, what you do is so fucking beautiful. And he's like, what? And I go, you like transport people into a different time. Like with your voice and that music and you throw, you do you sing like a 90s throwback or an 80s throwback. And like you take people to a whole different time by, by doing what you do so well. And I said, and that's so fucking awesome. And thank you for that. And he's just like, 
whoa, thanks, man. <laughs> it's just like, like wait, what? Yeah, yeah okay. but that's how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of music. Yeah. For me. I love music. I love music that shows emotion. Like, the, there's a rawness to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't deal with the modern poppy shit. It's just so blah. Okay. So, like, like what kind of emotion? Like, angsty emotion? Or, like, what kind of emotion are you talking about? Any, I just want it to feel genuine. So, I'm a big 90s guy. Yeah. Like, there is something about 90s music when you listen to the lyrics. You actually listen to the lyrics and you just... The imperfection of the singing, mm-hmm. but like the emotion to it. So, have you ever listened to the Pearl Jam Unplugged session? Yeah, like when long they, fucking time ago. Long, yes. t- long yeah, time I, ago. I, right? can, I had the CD. Yeah, like when they sing Black mm-hmm. on that Unplugged session, like that is real. If you actually watch the video, the guy. The guy's eyes are closed like 90% of the time because mm-hmm. he's in the moment. He's yeah. feeling it. And then now you listen to something else and it's just like, they're just words to a rhythm. And it's, but is that, and, and I, and I get what you, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say, because I lived it. Like that was the music when I was feeling it. Right. Maybe well, I was, I was similar. I was just going to ask you is like, can you, I, is it because you can identify right. with with those lyrics, with the that music, and like, um, yeah, you were it, it it part of that music shaped you. Yeah, you yeah, know? and and yeah, and I I recognize that, but so, but even like good country music, yeah, like it, and, and I'm not saying like sad songs. I'm saying like happy shit too. But mm-hmm. like, it's easy for me to feel certain songs have like a genuine lyrical and performance standpoint. And some songs are meant for just performance and they're just another song on a CD. Sure. Yeah. That's when the fucking, when there's only like, like uh six words in a chorus repeated yeah. 12 times to yeah. a different beat. Yeah. That, that stuff is like, it's, I think that stuff like that is just designed for like clubs and, mm-hmm. and playing like for people to dance to and shit. They don't have, it doesn't have to mean anything. It's just to get people to move their body. But then, yeah, there's the stuff that actually means something that maybe isn't perfect is, is, is like raw. Yeah. And so there's a big debate with old country and new country. Oh, for Always sure. Always fucking. And it's been going on forever. Like I remember when new country was Alabama and old country yeah. was Hank Williams jr you know, and Waylon Jennings and then, and then new country went from Alabama to like fucking diamond Rio Mm -hmm. and Garth Brooks. And then Garth Brooks went to like fucking, you know, uh, I don't know, rascal flats. I guess that's kind of the, kind of the same time frame. And then it moved forward to people like, you know, Eric church and it, it, it's always morphing. It's morphing to more Rocky. Yeah, Yeah. But it's also, but then there's like, there's like Dan and Shay and there's um, people like uh, Sam Hunt where it's like, there's a little more pop to it too. There's like poppy country now, you know, or like uh, um, there's another group. I can't think of their name, but there's a lot of pop country too where, and so it's like, I think music is always being influenced by other kinds of music, which is what's awesome about it because it's kind of infinite. 
I think that's what makes yeah. it stay so relevant is that people take influence from from other music that they listen to and they infuse it into their own genre of music. You know, so like you're always going to have guys that, that that like even in their like they're born now are going to listen to old style country oh, yeah, that's going to sure. influence them or like fucking yodeling and shit like there's diff- so many different kinds of music but there's a uh, Sam Hunt sings a song called Body Like a Background. I'm sure you've heard it. You heard? Uh, if I heard it, I probably know, but I don't you, know. You you've heard it, I'm sure. Um and it's like it's got a, a good beat to it and it's got fun lyrics, you know, and it's like you can kind of vision it in your mind, but it doesn't mean a lot, mm-hmm. you know. But when um I went camping with my kids, um I had, the song had just come out and I liked it, but my kids knew all the lyrics. And so my kids started singing the song without any music. And it's like forever that song will take me back to that place. Oh, sure. You know, sitting around in the in the woods in camp chairs and listening to my kids sing the song while my daughter is braiding my wife's hair. Yeah. You know, it's that, like that's a yeah, that gives you the appreciation for the song because of that situation. Like right. that song could have been anything. That song could have been jingle bells. No, but at some, like on a very basic level, it could have been any song. Yes. It could have been any song, you know, for sure. Yeah. But it's, I guess I'm just saying like with, with music, that's the part of the beauty of it is that if it's a song that like, it can transform you to another place. Sure. And I, and I think with black for you, it takes you to that place. Well, yeah. And I was... I wasn't even necessarily that specific song. I was just referencing like that style, that emotional attachment that mm-hmm. the singer has, that maybe raspiness. Yeah. Like I like that kind of music. Did you listen to like when Johnny Cash redid Hurt? Yep. Fuck, that was awesome. Yep. And it was I lo- good. I love like the Willie N- Nelson. Um, it's from the movie with Downey Jr. and uh, the old guy. They're the lawyer and he hit the guy in the car. What the fuck is it called? Um, I don't remember what the movie is. Robert Downey Jr. and an old guy? Yeah, Duvall. Robert Duvall. I don't know that one. Um, Anyway. Willie Nelson, for the soundtrack, redoes The Scientist. Um, From, who the fuck sings The Scientist? Coldplay? Coldplay. Uh, I haven't heard this. The Willie Nelson version is, I mean, it's just, I, I like it. It's raspy. Well, it takes... Yeah, it takes it takes this uh, um, it takes a song maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I I think it's really cool when when people take a song and they and they totally flip it on its head and you don't see it coming. You know, like um, you remember Chris Daughtry? He was on American Idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he on a, on a radio station, he was doing an interview and they asked him to play a song. And he sang Poker Face by Lady Gaga. And I was like, holy fuck. I really love this song. Mm -hmm. But when Lady Gaga sang Poker Face, I was like, eh, didn't do much for me. But when he sang it, it was like this rocky, raspy, like full of tension. Yeah, it was such a fucking cool version of it that, that like all of a sudden I wanted to download that version of it. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, it just it it certainly adds to it. Also, not to sidetrack, that movie's called The Judge. 
The judge. Yeah. Okay. The judge. You heard it here first, people. Check it out. It's an older <laughs> movie. I know. It's a good movie, though. <laughs> hey, I don't mean to be this guy, but can we take a quick break? Yeah, man. All right. Be the guy. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye, bye, everybody. <laughs>
as opposed to the ends, mm-hmm. but it's it's not as easy to pick up and as quick to pick up if you grab it by its sides. Right. So you can fling it up there quicker if you grab it by the ends because you can grip it. Yeah. You know, but then it puts your fingers into a point of like danger. I, yeah. I remember I was sitting at Farm and Fleet and a buddy of mine walked up and he's like, "Hey man, how's it going?" He waves to me. He's got this Q-tip where his thumb used to be. It's like, "Fuck happened to you?" He's like, "Ah, wood splitter." Ha ha ha. And his though was under the metal ram, mm-hmm. and it's like it like pinched it off, mm-hmm. as opposed to pancaked it. It just pinched the end of his thumb off. So now he's like missing the the his thumb from his joint basically yeah. forward. You know, he's got like this nubby joint thing. Yeah, I'm lucky I have from the knuckle forward. Yeah, you still got some fingernail, right? Yeah, it. I the fingernail stayed. It's squished. Um. Yeah, like you can see, it's squished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got sw- squished sideways. Yeah. Oh fuck! I was picturing it flat. No, so it's squished sideways, and you can—I don't know if you can see. Like, yeah, there's a split down to the knuckle, and then the other side. So it split, and then it went this way. But your so your knuckle wasn't in there though; it was just the, from the knuckle forward that got squished. Yeah, because imagine if your knuckle was oh, in there. Yeah, it would be gone. It would explode your knuckle. Yeah, so it exploded. It destroyed the bone from the knuckle forward. Hmm. So, isn't it weird to kind of shit that? Like, did you look at it? Like, could you see the meat and stuff hanging out? You could see my knuckle. Right. All the way to the knuckle. Yeah. So, like, the, the little bit of bone that goes from your knuckle to the tip of your thumb? It was, like, fragments. So, so what's in there now? Is it, like, no all idea. gummy and stuff? Yeah, it's pretty squishy. There's something hard in there. There is, though. Yeah. So, like, did they put a piece of metal I, in I there? I don't even remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. But, like, there's, I mean, it's just squishy, flat skin now. Yeah. There's not meat left in there. Interesting. So it might, my thumb, and I'm giving hand gestures to like split like this. Yep. And you could see the knuckle. Okay. <laughs> so what Kyle's describing is that his, his Think thumb of your split nail. open. Like, like if, like in those horror movies, when someone hits somebody with an axe or a samurai sword and it splits them in half. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. So if you think of my fingernail, think of that going probably vertical and then the bottom half just flapping down. Yeah. So I was dumb, so I took the glove off because I was wearing a glove to see what it looked like. Saw that it was in two pieces mm-hmm. and then tried to put the glove back oh, on. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> you just gave me the biggest fucking willy. Why? Oh, my God. And I couldn't get the glove back on, obviously. No because shit, I was, because you... Oh, yeah. Jesus. So... I would have just grabbed it. Well, I did that after I couldn't get the glove back on. Wow. So fucking thanks for that, asshole. <laughs> Jesus, man. If you're listening to this and that didn't just freak you the fuck out. But so so we're in Spring Green. We're yeah. at you know, we're at the cabin. Yeah, you're at the cabin. And so you know how far back of a drive it is. Yeah. So my dad's driving me and I'm holding it. My pants are just soaked in blood at this yeah. point. We decided, okay, we're gonna drive to Sock to the ER. Because that's a good ER. Because it's a good ER and frankly it's closer than or it's no different than River Valley would have been. Okay. And uh, so we get there, and I had compressed it now for about an hour. Yeah. And I'd just been holding it as tight as I could. And Did you uh, have, like, a rag on it or something, the towel? I had, yeah, I had my glove on it. Oh, I wrapped the glove over your it. Your dirty-ass glove. Yep. yep. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I mean, it is what I had. Yeah. It's what we had. And uh, so we get to the IR room, and... Uh, the little receptionist is like, oh, yeah, how can I have him? I'm like, yeah, I smashed my finger in a wood splitter. And, I'm, and I've got blood all over the place. And it's mm-hmm. still dripping blood. And she goes, okay. She goes, well, why don't you take a seat? 
And or no, she first she goes, "Do you have your insurance card?" I'm like, "Yeah, but it's in my back pocket. Um, if I let go of my thumb, it's probably gonna bleed all over." And she goes, "Oh, is someone with you?" I'm like, "Yeah, my dad." So he had to reach in my back pocket when he got in because he was parking the truck. Wow! Find my insurance card. Then this poor woman, not poor woman, she's like, "Okay, well, why don't you have a seat in the waiting room and someone will be out with you?" And I'm like, "Okay." Can I have a towel or do you want me to bleed all over your furniture? Yeah. What what would you prefer here? So <laughs> it's so we, but so I've been holding it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we go in and it we were only in the waiting room for like five minutes or something, not even. And uh they clean it up. She goes, Okay, well I just gotta take a look. She goes, and I'd compressed it for so long that it kind of like gelled together. She goes, Oh, it doesn't look that bad, probably a few stitches. And then she opened it and she goes, Oh my god. She's like, I just saw your knuckle. I'm like, Yeah, I know. The whole thing just flaps right now. She goes, that's a lot worse than I thought. I need to go call an orthopedic surgeon. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. Okay, first off, check this out. I'm holding my thumb. <laughs> I'm sitting across from you holding my fucking thumb because I'm right there with you holding your thumb in the waiting room going because it's like I've been there where you like you hurt something so fucking bad and you're just holding it together. Yeah. And what is it when you go to the ER – and it's like they're so fucking calm and cool. And it's like, yeah. I mean, kudos for being cool, but why the fuck am I going into a waiting room? Right. Well, and, and why is it that, like, you explain this thing and, and maybe, like, you were pretty calm about it. And so maybe she wasn't going to get excited. Yeah. But, like, uh, and, and maybe that's all it was was your demeanor that set, put her more I at feel ease. like I was actually pretty calm. Yeah, because if like I could see that, like if, if you're pretty chill and you walk and you're like, hey, and you got your hand, thumb yeah. in your hand, you got a lot of blood on you, but you're pretty calm. Yeah, you're my like, dad was a different story. Like the whole car ride home, like from we jumped in the mule to get back to the shed. Yeah, so that's you know what, half a mile or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it's through windy paths. He's holding on my shoulder, goes, and he's like, "If you're gonna pass out, I need to know." And the whole way from the shed to the hospital, he goes. You doing okay? If you're going to pass out, if you're feeling dizzy, just tell me. Just tell me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. Just fucking drive, dude. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the orthopedic surgeon came in and goes, yeah, you need to have surgery. Like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, there's a 50% chance you'll have a thumb at the end of this. I'm like, oh, cool. And then you have to sign off papers saying, oh, I understand the risks and I might not come off the thumb. And my dad's like, did you call Sam yet? I'm like, no. He goes, were you going to? I'm like, no. <laughs> you were going to call her? I wasn't. Why? You didn't want her to worry or what? Yeah, I just figured I'd... She was... At the time, she would have been... Seven and a half months pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I'm just, you know... Yeah. I'm just wondering why. So, no, I wasn't going to call her. Okay. Well, I did. I called her. Sure, of course you did. You know, but it's like, it's not your first thought. No. It's not your first thought isn't like... Uh, oh, Sam's going to want to know this. Yeah. You know, your first thought is like, oh, I got to get my fucking thumb fixed. And then it's like, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to surgery. Dad, why don't you give Sam a call? Let her no, know see, that. that wasn't even the thought process. Oh, really? See, I would have thought about it at that point if I'm going to surgery. I, I had thought I should have. I thought about calling her. And honestly, my initial thought was, could I get away with this by going into surgery, coming out, and then just getting home and then telling her it happened? <laughs> really that's so interesting yeah like just the least amount of 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 worry from her possible yeah like if like she just, doesn't what she doesn't know can't hurt her yeah like if i 
can I ask for forgiveness afterwards, right? Well, forgiveness for what? No, like for not telling her. Like, oh, right. Is it easier to ask permission or ask forgiveness? Like, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, but it, it's like why? It, no, that, that that's a bad compute. analogy. That okay, does, that's a bad analogy. But it was more like, can I just come home after the fact and be like, so this happened? Versus like the whole like, oh my god, you're in surgery or going into surgery? Well, yeah, because you're not going to stress her out then. Right. You're going to show up at home. You've absorbed all the stress. And you're being pretty cool and calm about it. It's just not a big deal to you right now. And then you come home, and, and so it, like, lessens the blow. Yeah. Yeah, so you're being conscious of her not wanting to stress her out, even though I'm sure that had you done that, she would have not been very happy to not oh, know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, yeah. So. it's it, I, think that's a, I think that's kind of a dude thing, too. To not call or to not. It's just, you don't want, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Don't worry about it, you know. It's like, unless it's really critical, I'm going to be like, take my dad in Texas. He's just got out of the hospital. He was sick and his shoulder was hurting him really bad. And my grandparents kept on being like, go to the hospital. He's fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You know, go to the hospital. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. He hates hospitals. So finally, his whole shoulder started to turn red. And it's like, okay, maybe I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. So he went to the hospital and he had uh, what's the sepsis? Okay. What's that? Is that what that's? Oh no, he had a staph. He had a staph infection. Okay. So and it had moved to his heart. Yeah. And uh, and so then he's been in the hospital. He's in the hospital for like two weeks and like eight surgeries and all this crazy shit. But it's like I think there's this thing like where it's like ah, uh, I'm gonna be okay. Hmm. You know, obviously your thumb's hanging out. I was gonna say, here's a know? picture if you want to see it. Oh, absolutely. This is a month afterwards, roughly, after I got the cast off. Ooh, sexy. Yeah. So the fingernail never fell off. So they drilled through my fingernail. To release the pressure? That, and then, but then they drilled holes to stitch my fingernail and the lower part of my thumb together. Well, why the fuck would you do that? Your fingernail's going to keep growing. Wouldn't that pull the stitches out? I think they're dissolved by that time. Well, they, they were under the assumption that the fingernail was going to be dead and fall off. Oh, it, it never it even never fell did. off? No. See, that seems like a stretch to assume that. It's got a pretty fucking gnarly split through it, too. Dang, bro. Yeah. Oh, there's the stitch right there. Oh, that's... Yeah. Huh. Pretty fucking gross. Healed up nice. I can bend yeah. it. Nicely, nicely done. Yeah. Was it, was your, how was your dad, like, once you went into surgery and, like, did he, did he feel guilty? Did he my feel like, dad? Oh, no, my dad didn't feel guilty. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he should. But I'm saying, like, there's times when accidents happen when someone happens to be on the other end of it where it's like, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I, da, 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 da. You oh, know? no, I don't think so. Good. I think my uncle might have been, felt a little guilty. Why? Well, he was running the. Oh, you. Uh, oh, for some reason, I thought your dad was oh, running no, thing. No, 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 no. So that's that's why I asked. Oh, sure. Yeah, my uncle was the one running the. That's the what ring. I meant. Yeah, yeah. So your uncle maybe felt a little guilty. Yeah. But it's like it's not like he did anything. No, and he and I had conversations about this afterwards. It's like it, it is what it is. Like. Yeah, it's like he didn't do anything. Right. So he was just like you guys were in a groove, and it and yeah. it happened, and and then. You now I will say so. There was some. I don't know, PTSD is the right word, or just gun shy afterwards. So we we split wood after deer season, or around deer season. 
Yeah. Because it's winter. So yeah, the next for... so the next deer season, like when I was driving out there in the morning to go deer hunting, like I had started having some serious anxiety. Really? Not about deer hunting, but about wood splitting after, like recognizing mm-hmm. that, okay, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have to go split wood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I... I think that's totally fucking normal because yeah. it was like serious fucking trauma. Yeah. And I still won't work the wood splitter. I'll just stack it now. Fuck yeah. That. You don't, you don't. Fuck that. Not going to face, face the fire. Nope. No need. I don't have a fucking wood burning stove. I'll help. I'll stack wood. That's, mm-hmm. that's my new. Is it that you can't or you just choose not to? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to choose not to. Yeah. There's, it's interesting, like, so if that was me, this isn't a judgment on you, but, like, if I was sitting there and it was scared, like, like I would, would be scared. Like, my body, would not, like, mentally, like, I'm afraid of the wood splitter, but, like, the idea of having my thumb go do through that again would be so hard. I would almost have to do it mm. just to prove to myself that it's not going to happen again. Even if it was just one log, yeah. I, I would be, like... Put it on there as safe as I possibly can and set it up there and split a log and have it go through the process just to be like to free my mind of like of like uh, being next to it and being like, no, I just can't do that. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah. Maybe I can't do it. I don't know. I I, I had the opportunity last this winter. Um, We had two splitters running and I just, yeah, I'll stack wood instead. Mm hmm. Yeah, I get it. Did, does anybody even ask you? Uh, do they? Do they say, "Hey, man, you no, want to split?" I think or do my you just, uncle jokingly said something. Oh, she so flip you some shit. Yeah, but you just you just naturally just like you congregate to the stacking. Yeah, I'm just like oh, I'm good. Yeah. No. No thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally sure they completely <laughs> understand why. Um, it it's it's weird though, like with with things that, um, that. Please don't take this wrong. No, you're fine. Things that we're afraid of. Yeah. You know, the the things that, that make us have fear of something, I feel like for me, if there's something that I'm afraid of doing, then it's like, it's it's almost like more important that I do it to release myself of every time I get in that situation of the fear. Even if I don't do it all the time, it's just like it's something that's like, it, it it eliminates uh, a stress on my system. Sure, you know where where it's like I'm I'm more free to just be like to flow. Like I can do whatever, so my mind isn't thinking about something else while I'm doing these other things. Mm-hmm. You know where it's just like, um, like even even like uh, uh, like I would have. I don't know where it came from either. It's, it's part of my counseling is that when, um, when somebody I love gets angry at me, it fucks me up bad. It's like, I, I feel like such the biggest piece of shit in the world, even if I didn't really do anything wrong, mm. you know, it, it's, there's like, it's so hard for me to, to like get angry back or to like, um, to just allow it that I'll do everything I can to to negate it. Sure. You know, to do anything I can to make sure nobody gets mad at me, you know, because it's like they're going to stop loving me or something. 
you know, and uh, that's something where it's like, it's okay if someone's upset with me. And it's okay if I'm upset with somebody else that I love. But it's hard as fuck for me to, like, express that or have that expressed to me at times. It's just, yeah. like, it's a, it's a super bad fear of mine. So it's, like, I know it's something that it when the opportunity comes, like, okay, gut through this and push through it because I can't, you can't, I can't spend my whole life, like, if somebody gets mad at me getting balled up. Yeah, with anxiety. Yeah, I you're guess. only splitting wood once a year. So. Well, right, and so uh, yeah, my I guess my mindset is why, why overcome that fear because the anxiety part of my brain goes, okay, you'll overcome it because I I have no doubt I could do it. Mm-hmm. I can throw a log up there and hold it a different way and not have an issue. Yeah, but I don't want to get comfortable. I don't want to get comfortable doing it again because if I get comfortable doing it again. Then you're going to start doing it again. Then I'm going to start doing it again. And then if you start doing it again. The chances of it happening. Are going to grow. Exactly. So, fuck it. <laughs> not going to do it. Fuck it, motherfucker. Not doing Just it. Just not going to do it. All right. There you go. Done and done. Yeah. That's so like don't P- ask like, me to split wood. It's like PTSD. Nah. No, just that I'm going to ask you to stack wood next time. If yep. I'm ever, you know, if I ever, it's like, hey. Yeah. Maybe, but, stack wood. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I'm like not afraid of woodworking tools i'm not afraid of a chop saw or a fucking table saw yeah granted i've never cut my finger off right well that's the whole thing there's no memory associated to that tool yeah you know you have this trauma associated to the splitter yeah yeah welcome what the the fuck kind of episode (laughs) is this so i don't know it's it's an episode of kyle and ike the conversation this is what we do so i was working um at this job site and um my coworker and I, Kelsey, we had the uh, we were resetting a boulder wall, but we didn't have equipment. We didn't have we didn't have a bobcat. And there's some big fucking boulders, so we we're using steel bars, and we had to move the top course of this wall out about six inches because it had sunk back in. You ever seen that when a boulder wall sinks backwards? No. So like, if, like it leans into what it's holding. Yeah. Okay. What's holding it up? So like after so much time of of like rain and shit, if it's not built right. It erodes out behind it, okay. and then it starts sure. to fall sure, in sure, on sure. itself. So we had to write them, write, write the top course of boulders, and then refill the material behind gotcha. the boulders. But we didn't have any heavy equipment, and the boulders were, I don't know, probably between four and 800 pounds. Yeah. So we would pry them up, prop them up with pry bars, big steel bars, and then we'd dig them out, and then we would get under one side and use another bar – as a fulcrum and, and on another rock, I mean, and push it up and then hold it in place while someone backfilled it, mm-hmm. right? So Kelsey was, she had this pry bar and she was fulcruming forward this big rock and we had to twist it a little bit to get it into where it needed to be. And I'm in there with my hands behind this rock. Super sketchy. Super sketchy. And in between this rock and or on the other side of this rock in my hand is another rock. Right? Okay. So I'm twisting it and Kelsey's like, are you sure you want to be doing that? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I just got to get, it's going to move it up like an inch. Just got to get it in the spot. It's going to be great. You know, and then we're going to be done with this thing. And so I'm moving it and 
the rock slips off of her bar and pinches my pinky mm. between the 500-pound rock and another 500-pound rock. And I'm like, quick, 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 push it, push it. So she pushed it just enough for me to get my pinky out. And I'm just, I'm holding my hand. And it's like, it's in a leather glove. And it's like, oh, okay, this fucking hurts really bad. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's pretty fucked up. Like, 90% sure yeah. it's fucked up. And it's not the tip. It's like in between yeah. the middle joint and the tip. And I'm like, let's, she goes, are you going to look at it? I'm like, nope. Nope. Like it hurts a lot, but, but I don't want to look at it yet. I want to get this fucking rock done. Cause if, if we don't, if I do, if I look at it and it's bad, then we're not going to finish this. And I don't want to like walk away with, from this fucking mess. So she pried it up. I put my hand in there again. I moved it to the right place. We backfilled it. Everything was done. And, and it's like, okay, now it's time. So I pulled my glove off and there was this like string of meat. Mm -hmm. So basically the, the meat between the tip of my finger and the, my center joint, it popped open, it mm -hmm. split. And there was like this hangy thing Ugh. of meat, like tendon or something yeah. was poking. Like it was just, well, first off, it was just barely poking out the, the, the split. Okay. It's like, it's like this little, this little nubby thing. I'm like, Oh, that doesn't look so bad. So then I, like a dumbass, I kind of open it up just to yeah. see how bad it really is. And all of a sudden it goes, bloop, <laughs> fucking poked out farther. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And she's like, what? And she looked at me, she's like, <laughs> and like, it's fine. So I quick licked my other finger to, to you know, sanitize it. <laughs> and I opened up the hole and I, and I started poking it back in, in my oh, finger. There you go. So I just poked it back down in there. And then I'm like, quick, go get the, 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 you know, we have a first aid yeah, kit. Yeah. I grab the first aid kit. She's like, okay. So she grabs it. She's like, what do you want? I'm like, I want some super glue and I want a bandaid. She's like, super glue. I'm like, yeah. yeah you super glue it closed. Yeah. yeah. So so she's like, okay. So I super glued it closed and put the band-aid around it. Um and she's like, So you're gonna go get stitches? Fuck no, I'm not gonna go get stitches. <laughs> you super glue, baby. What do I need stitches for? I guess it's it's shut. Yeah. And she's like what about that little meat thingy? And I'm like, well, it kind of got glued into the flap. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Jesus. Like. So, like, I just kept gluing it. Yeah. And then the little thing that was poking out, it kind of like, it was like umbilical cord. It just kind of rotted off. Oh, that's gross. And it, yeah. And so I just, it, I broke it off and it, and it sealed. It's fine. You can move it? Go. Yeah. Does it feel as strong as the other pinky? Yeah, it does. All right. Yeah. So, pretty good. I, I've only hurt myself doing this kind of work just this year, like in a way in my hands where it's, I think it's probably going to last forever. And it's like oh, yeah. my middle finger. So I was working, it was a little bit rainy out and we have a, a wooden ramp that goes up into our trailer and we run wheelbarrows up the wooden ramp, sure. dump it in the trailer and run the wheelbarrows back down. And I don't know. I guess I was being kind of cavalier about it in a way that like, I wasn't thinking about safety as much It's like, I got this. So I had run the wheelbarrow up, dumped it. And I was coming back down the ramp and it was a little slippery and my boots had a little bit worn out sole. And so I'm coming down the ramp and my foot slipped. Mm -hmm. So I'm about three feet off the ground ish. Okay. 
So my legs go straight out in front of me, and the wheelbarrow's out there. So first my shin kicked the bottom steel plate mm, yeah. on the wheelbarrow. That hurt. And then my ass landed on top of the wooden ramp. And that was like, I thought that was what was going to get me. But the ramp flexed so much, it was kind of like a little springboard. Okay. So that was fine. But my left hand went down to the ground because I went out to catch myself. And when it did, a, a rock stuck me right in the center joint of my middle finger of my left hand. And it went like straight into my joint. Mm. And then my finger bent way the fuck yeah. back. So it hyperextended my finger because it was on the rock. But this rock that went into my joint, it poked this hole straight into my joint, right? And I could, I could peel the flap of meat back and it's like all the way in there. Sure. So um, I just put the flap back, cleaned it out with a little swabby thing, put the flap back, wrapped it up, and then put my glove back on, finished the job. So I worked for like the next three, four hours, and it hurt, but it wasn't like bad. I could still flex it. Like mm -hmm. everything was fine that way. It just hurt, you know? And then as soon as I got home, it swelled up like a balloon, mm. and it like seized up on me. And then all this clear fluid started dripping out of my joint like I was watching it, it just come out. And I was like, what the fuck is that? It's not blood. So I called my friend as a nurse. He's like, oh, that's this ambionic fluid or some shit <laughs> like that that's in your joint. I'm like, is that bad? He's like, well, it's not good. <laughs> and I'm like, right. And, and I'm like, is it going to heal? He's like, yeah, I think so. It should probably, it's a, it's a sack of fluid that works around your joint, so it should heal. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I think what I did, though, is that when it healed, I've got, like, I think I've got arthritis in this middle oh. finger because the joint is huge. Yeah, it's not, like, lubricated with that. No. And so it's, like, I think it's, oh. I think that's fucked up forever now. Yeah, it looks big. It's definitely big. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely big. So. It's, like, twice the size big. Oh, it's not twice the size. Show me the other one. No. Okay, maybe not. But it is it's big. A, it's definitely sure. a third bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, and it's hard yeah. edges, like where it's bigger. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know if it's scar tissue or whatever it is, but it's, so it's like bending it. Like I can't bend it. It's the same amount as my other hand, mm. but I don't know. I've always been like, this, I, I, I don't go to the doctor. No. Uh -uh. I've always been that guy. Like how many times, how many bones have you broken? Um, I don't know about fractures, Okay, but I've broken, broken just one. What Other was, than like I split my head open a few times. Okay. What well, what bone did you break? My my left forearm. Okay. Both of them. Well, I guess the two then. I guess the two forearm bones. Like up by my yeah. wrist. Yeah. I snapped those. Mm -hmm. How about you? Uh I don't know about fractures either. I know I fractured something in my back once playing hockey. Um I broke a finger, smashed my thumb, so technically that was broken, I guess. I'd say that's pretty broken. Um and then my collarbone Twice. You did your collarbone, huh? Twice, yeah. Really? Hockey? Yeah. Yeah, I broke it hockey, and then I was supposed to wait longer than I waited to play mm -hmm. hockey again. Yeah. And so it was only partially healed, and then I re-snapped it. <laughs> How's it feel when you break your collarbone? Because it seems like it's one of those things where it's like, it seems like it's pretty fucking painful, but they really can't do anything about it. Yeah, right? it just... I, I think it hurt. Both times were kind of fucked up. So when I broke it the first time, I tried to jump over the boards 
like into the bench, but I was on the door and like the door wasn't latched. And so it kind of swung open. So oh I, shit. So not only did I like, I also fell off the door <laughs> into the bench. That's the worst way to fucking hurt yourself is when you're doing something cool. No, no, no. It was already broken at that point. What do you mean? So, oh, it was broken, I, and I, then you jumped over the board. Yeah. Oh, how, how, well, how did you break it? Like hitting somebody. Oh, you checked somebody. Yeah. And I must have hit him weird. Like it was, a, it was up against the boards, so like they had resistance too. And it something must have just aligned. Pressed it. Yeah. Aligned perfectly, and it broke. Like I was the quote aggressor in that one. Yeah. And I broke it. So while it was broken, and I knew it was hurt, I didn't know it was broken at the time. Um. Did you go out right away? Huh, yeah, I went out right away, and I tried to jump over the boards with, like, no hands and, oh. like, just my feet, and then the door swung open, and I also fell Fuck. Ouch. Oh, so that felt really great. So so, but, so, I was the captain of the hockey team at this time. Oh, sure. And so I was supposed to be out for, like, I think it was, like, six to eight weeks. Yeah. But the season was is only so long, and so we had this last tournament and for the season, mm-hmm. and it was, like, five weeks that it was healed. So You're probably feeling pretty good. I was feeling pretty good. I had been practicing like without pads on. So I convinced my mom and the doctor to give me like this spider brace to go underneath my shoulder pads mm-hmm. so that I could participate in this last tournament. First game of the tournament, beautiful Ike. Two goals and an assist, baby. Nice. I was on fire. Second game, I made it like halfway through the game, maybe even to the third period, and I fucking got just smoked in the boards. Apparently, according to my mom, I yelled, and it was yeah, resnapped. You didn't you didn't remember yelling? Did you? Have, I like, don't a, remember at all yelling. Did you have like? Did you did you lose a second of time? Huh? Like when I you, remember, when you, yeah, I remember getting hit, and then, uh, I was down, and then the way this rink was, there was a door opposite of the benches, which is where I was closer to, but it was on the stand side. And so I remember them just walking me off outside those doors on the stand side. And like one of, I think one of our teammates' parents was like a doctor or a nurse or something. Mm-hmm. And like I remember taking off all these pads and these shoulder pads. And then like, but yeah, that fucking hurt taking the, them off. The big lump was back and it was clearly rebroken. Oh, yeah. So now the other side of that story is I also had Vicodin. <laughs> oh, like available to me. Sure. So I suited up for the last game. Really? Yeah. And you played with a broken collarbone. Yeah. Well, I I took the face off and it really hurt because I thought I was going to be okay. Yeah. And was it, it your right? It color? was my right. Oh, collarbone. and that's was your that's your dominant that's stick hand. That's my dominant stick hand. And it really hurt. And so I remember like I got a pass and like I could barely catch the pass because my arm couldn't move backwards to like receive it. Yeah. And so I, I skated off. And I'm like, fuck it. I can't. Like, I'm useless. Yeah. And then, like, in the third period, we were down, like, a goal. And I was getting really angry because I felt you like I could do there. more and I should yeah. be out there. So my coach let me go out there. I'm like, call this person off. I'm like, I'm fucking going out there. And I tried my hardest with, like, one hand. And? We lost. Yeah. <laughs> it, is it being a coach in that position has got to be, like, you want to be competitive. You, like... And, and he like, shouldn't have let me play. Yeah, it was, I know. It was clearly broken. Yeah, you want to be competitive, but there's a point where you have to think about the safety of the player. Yeah. You know, but I think like, and I don't know if it's the same today, but the competition and the and the fire that goes into the tournaments and games and shit, it's like 
all the all the fucking common knowledge and and you know rational thinking is just like goes right out the yeah. fucking window. I remember a guy who played a whole fucking football game with a broken broken uh, like elbow. Yeah, ugh. He's a, he was a down lineman, and this is like, like when I broke my collarbone, it was it wasn't even high school. It was youth hockey. Oh, it was the year right before high like school. middle school. Yeah, it was. You're in eighth grade. Yeah, it was the year right before high school. Your eighth grade hockey coach lets you play with an obviously broken hockey or collarbone. I think I was trying to hide it. Like I don't think my mom even knew at the time. But you went off the ice and they looked at it. Yeah, I know, but I think I told my mom it was fine and I didn't think it was broken again. And you told you was your coach looking at it? Like I'm assuming he had to talk to somebody. I'm a, I don't even. He remember. fucking knew. He had to know. There's no way you would go off the ice, get peeled all apart. Someone look at you, and then and then like. The coach not know. Yeah, that's true. There's no, they, they have to report to the coach. Eh, whatever. I wasn't giving in. I was playing, Ike. I, I get it. No, I get so. it. There's like a, you can get beyond the pain sometimes. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I tried to. I couldn't. <clears throat> it hurt. My my son, Dylan, Um, we were on vacation in Galveston, Texas. And we are, uh, we we're kind of vacation on a shoestring, and we we're at this shitty little hotel, but it was on the ocean. But it was like it's a time of year when it's kind of stormy and not really great out. But we could still see the water. So we're hanging out. And this hotel room had a kind of a funky smell. And we were all kind of packed in there like sardines. And the floor was just concrete with a with a piece of indoor-outdoor carpet over the top of it. Okay. And um, Gavin and Dylan were wrestling around on the bed. And I'm like, you guys better knock it off. When is he going to get hurt? You know? You're going to fall off the bed and get fucking hurt. And then um, we we're trying to figure out what we we're going to do for the day. And it was just kind of, everybody's kind of grumpy, you know. And uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden, Dylan and Gavin were fucking around again. And he Dylan flung himself backwards, but there was no bed there to catch him because mm-hmm. he was too close to the edge. So he landed on his back on the concrete floor. And now he's crying. And I'm like, God damn it. I told you guys to stop messing around. And so I scooped him up really fast and he's like oh my arm and i'm like that's what happens you're gonna hurt yourself you know and to sit him on the bed god damn you know this and then all of a sudden it's like fuck he's like really fucking hurt yeah, yeah. so then they pull his shirt off and he's got that that bump mm-hmm. and and i'm like oh fuck that's not good you know and he's and he's crying and everything and then i'm like oh what a fucking piece of shit dad Scoop him off the floor. Didn't even like check to see if he was okay. I mean, obviously he's okay, but yeah, like he yeah, broke. Yeah. I was like, oh, I felt like such a piece of shit. Huge. And he's laying there in bed and he's crying. And it's like, okay, we got some ice on it and stuff, you know, and gave him a fucking popsicle. And next thing you know, he's watching a cartoon and he's kind of like, okay. And it's like, but what do you do? We're in Galveston, Texas. Yeah. You know, so it's like the whole next day and a half on the road. We're just traveling home, you know, and we didn't go to the doctor or anything, but it's like... All they're going to do is sling it. Right. So we looked it up. Like, we knew it was collarbone. We could see something was like... Yeah. It's fractured or it's broken. It didn't look like it was broken, broken, but it's it like, you know, and so we're reading everything we can. It's like, at that age, the collarbone's still pretty pliable, so it's like, you might have fractured it, you know, but it's like, they're not going to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, not going to have surgery or something. So we got all the way home, and we took him in, and they're like, yeah, they put him in a sling for a while, and then, but I just felt like such a piece of shit. Yep, that's all you can do. Yeah, but, like, you have those moments when, when like, you've had enough. Like, yeah, 
You know, I, I, I've had those moments when I've had enough <laughs> where it's just like, uh, like the, I'm over it. And, and like, I'm so used to my kids fighting and like getting a, a bruise or something, or somebody, somebody hits their, hits their head or something. And not, not like in a bad way, but just like, you know, a little yeah. bonk on the head. And then you're like, well, that's what you get for fucking around. Yep. You know? And that's my that's where I was. That's what you get for fucking running. Right, you fell right. out the bed, you bruised your something or whatever, but no, he broke some shit. Yeah, he actually got hurt. He was really, really hurt. Yeah. It was like solid dad dad moment yeah. there. Yeah, I was thinking, um I kinda wanna get another tattoo. Really? I was wondering, do you have any tattoos? Yeah. I've got I've only got two. Okay. One I have is massive and it's not done yet. There's a long story that goes behind that. Um, is that on your back? It is. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have that ignorant 18-year-old tattoo. Yep, I got that. And then and then I got this massive back tattoo that's not done yet. Okay. And, I, and I've been thinking about tattoos for like two years. And it's like, um, it's like, oh, I'll do it in the wintertime when I'm not so busy. You know, and it's like I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. And part of it is because I want to finish the first big one I, I did i want to finish it before i get another one it seems like there's unfinished business i don't want to so what's the ignorant 18 one it's a it's a little tiger okay you want to see it yeah okay it's not on your like dick is it no it's not on my dick oh yeah i've seen that okay yeah you've seen that one. so my my cousin i'm getting ready to move to wisconsin and my cousin's like so i shouldn't say it's my ignorant 18 year old tattoo what it was was my cousin and I made a pact when I turned 18, we were going to get a tattoo together and we never did it. So he knew I was getting ready to move and he's like, we got to get that tattoo, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was the last thing in my mind. Sure. You know, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, and it's like, he's like, how much money you got? And I'm like, like 75 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, me too. All right. <laughs> so cool. We both can get, we were like, what are we going to get? And he's like, I don't know. Let's pick it when we get there. So we could look through the fucking book. Yeah. You never want to look through the book. Like, cause it's like, they're so meaningless. Yeah. You just, know? Yeah. So, but we, we were looking around and I saw this tiger and it's like, it's a, it's a Bengal tiger. And it's like, I've always been a fan of like white Bengal tigers sure. are pretty fucking cool. So I'm like, I'm like, I like that one. That one's cool. And we're going to get the same tattoo. Right. So, it's like it's like a kitty cat though. It's not like a big mean looking tiger. Yeah, no that that looks like a cute little kitty. It's a cute little kitty, and so my cousin's like, "All right, we can do that." When he's like, "Can you ask the tattoo the like person?" He's like, "Can you make it look tougher though? <laughs> you know, like make it look meaner." And uh, and the guy's like, ah, "I can try." And then he wanted his to look like a cougar. Okay, like a mountain lion, and so his looks more like a mountain lion. Mine's got the stripes on yeah. it, like a like a tiger, and his is like. I think it's got some little more claws and stuff. Snarly. Yeah, but it's still like a kitty, you know, and it's just like, I don't even know if he still, I haven't talked to him about it in so many years. I don't even know if he still has it, if he got it tattooed over it, uh, but it's like, mine's just like, it's still like a little, there. Kid, little kitty. Nice. What about you? What's your 18? Uh, it's a tribal flame and then. Uh, a tribal flame? Yeah. And then uh, there's some Chinese lettering that says life. Are you sure it says life? I am. In fact, I used to uh, go to this Chinese restaurant all the time, and I became actually kind of friends with the owners. Okay. And so it's in her handwriting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so. Let me see. Oh, oh, it's a flame. Okay. All right. Yeah. So what was the you That was 18? Yeah. I did the flame first and then the lettering later. 
Okay. So you added the lettering above the flame. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. it? That's all you got? That's all I got right now. And you're thinking about getting another one. What do you yeah. want? I kind of want an intricate big one. So I'm curious what your big one is. So mine is, um, so when I got divorced, um, mm, this is kind of tough. So when I got divorced, um, like my kids, like they became my whole world Mm -hmm. and every ounce of my being, I poured into them. And so I was like, I always wanted to be this, um, I wanted to be this, this foundation for them, this, this fucking, this, this solid thing that they could always count on. And so, um, I wanted to make this big fucking tree on my back Mm -hmm. that like starts at my ass goes all the way up to my shoulders. And then in the trunk of the tree, there's branches that come out and each branch of the tree separate represents one of my kids. Sure. And, um, and so I went to a calligraphy person that does Japanese kanji. And so I had them write my kids' name in kanji. Mm. And so in the branches and the leaves of the tree are my kids' names in kanji. And my name is in the trunk. So I'm the tree. Mm-hmm. They're branches of my tree. Um, and it was going to be like total like five grand. Yeah. And I did the first two sessions um, of, of like of five or more. And uh, my, um, my ex and I, she took me to court. And I ended up having to pay a large amount of money um, to the IRS because of the way we were filing our taxes. And we, it's a long story. Yeah, it, we, got messy. Yeah. it got messy. And so all of, all of any kind of income I ever had extra was gone sure. for a long period of time. And so the tattoo just kind of went by the wayside. So this was started with your ex like a long time ago. I, it's, it was started after we got divorced. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, but uh, pre-court, obviously. Yeah, yeah pre-court. Um, we went to court so many times, bro. Um, but yeah, so it was. Uh, and and it's strange because it's on my back, so I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And then it was like I was struggling financially for so long that it was like it just seemed like this. I just didn't have the money for it. And when I did have a little bit of money, it was like I wanted to go on vacation sure. or do something like that. Um, and then like, I got into this really weird place where like, I met somebody else and like my kids and their mom were like going to move away and all this weird stuff. And so it just kind of got messy, Yeah, you know? Um, 
And then, and then like my relationship with my kids, it's so weird how it kind of coincided. My relationship with my kids just got kind of difficult for a while. Um, and, uh, and I kind of like lost, I lost my way a little bit, I guess. And, um, and now I'm like, in the last couple of years, I'm, I'm kind of getting more solid in my way again, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and my connection with my kids is getting a lot stronger again. And so it's like, I've been feeling like it's time to finish it. But the problem is, is that I want the guy that started it to finish it. Mm. And he lives in North Carolina. So I feel like I've thought about this over this winter, flying to North Carolina for like a week. Yeah. Maybe two, depending on how long it would take for him to finish it and then flying home. Yeah. Because I want him to do it because he's, it was his vision. It was his drawing, his art, like all of it. I gave him my ideas and my thoughts mm -hmm. and he presented me with something and it's like, I like it. Can we do this and this? And we switched some things around and then he, then that was it. Yeah. So I, I would feel strange about handing it to somebody else sure. to finish. Sure. You know, because it's is it supposed to be full color? Or is it just black and white shaded? Um, it's like a with it's it's black with gray tones. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I would do color or not. I think back then I didn't really want color, but I think now I think I would want some color in mm. it. So, but it's it's fucking huge. Yeah. Yeah. I can show you. Yeah. Right let's, here on the let's podcast. Get, All let's right, get here we beauty go. here. All right, I'm gonna take headset no, off. No, you're good. I'll narrate. All right. You narrate. Staggering at six foot seven. I don't even fucking know. I see some abs. Oh, yeah. What's crazy is that I haven't seen it in so long. I have no fucking idea what it looks like right now. Man, I, gotta I mean, it's uh, it's some outlines for sure. Yeah. I can see the names, like the branches. Um. Yeah. So it starts from like your left ass cheek, and then it kind of goes up your left side, and then it kind of the names morph all across the other side. Yeah. Looks good. So it's got a it's got a, a long ways to go yet. You know Yeah, but I can see the I can see the starts for sure. It looks like it looks like it's yeah one or two sessions into Yeah, yeah. We're I was in there I think the first session was like five hours. Yeah. Solid. Maybe more. Maybe it was like seven. I know I was there for a long fucking time. I think I went in. It, he opens at eleven, so and I was there till close. So it was eleven to seven, so eight wow. hours. Wow. Was there and, and it's like I was on the table. When you get a tattoo for that long, like it hurts, and then it stops hurting. Yeah, and then it really fucking hurts. Mm. You know, um, was yours pretty sensitive? Was there any spots that were like? Um, yeah. So it hit the lettering hit my collarbone, mm, actually yeah. where it broke, and then part of the flame gets really close to my nipple. Uh huh. That hurt. It was pretty fucking tender, huh? Yeah. The whole the rest of the pack was fine. Yeah. Like that didn't hurt at all. In fact, that just felt like a deep tissue massage. Hmm. Yeah, my the most painful mine was on this when it hit my spine. And then when it was on like my little love handle on the side. Mm. And I, I think it's just because it's just fatty tissue. Sure. It was like there's no muscle there. Sure. And it was like the nerves were just right fucking there. And that was pretty painful. I was surprised that that hurt. Yeah. I would I would think it wouldn't just because would, it's yeah. fatty tissue. Huh. But it did. It, that was pretty painful. So there and when it hit my spine was the most painful. Nice. So what do you think about getting? It's actually in in a similar vein of yours. Not not to that scale by any means. Um, I want to get like an old looking tree 
and two dragons kind of around it to represent my boys. Two dragons? Yeah. So my dad and I used to be in karate together, and we were he actually had a license plate called Two Dragon. Really? That's we, pretty fucking cool. So it kind of is a throwback to my dad and I, but I want the dragons to represent my boys. Mm-hmm. And I want, so I kind of want it on like my right shoulder. I got a thing about like the right side of my body tattooed and the left side not. But oh. so I want it to like be on the right side and then kind of come over my shoulder. See, I always thought it'd be cool if I finish my back to go over my shoulder with yeah. a, like and turn it into a sleeve that went right. all the way down to my elbow or whatever. See, I don't think I want a sleeve. I, I like to keep it pretty professional from what you can see but uh at least hit my shoulder Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but that's like i don't want just like some tattoos you see are just like my 18 year old tattoo they're simple they're outlined they're yeah like i kind of want like a portrait like an intricate you want it to be art i want it to be art yeah and i know it's going to cost a bit and then i got so i got to find an artist and i got to find someone who can draw it Mm-hmm. And kind of embody what I want it to be. So my 18-year-old daughter just got her first tattoo. She's been waiting for a long time to get a tattoo. And she knew as soon as she turned 18, she turned 18 on the 2nd of July. She's going to get a tattoo. And, uh, and she was telling me, it's like, I'm going to get a tattoo for my birthday. I'm like, oh, cool. What are you going to get? She's like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Don't do this thing that I did. Don't go to a place and get a, pick right. out a book. She's like, oh, I promise I won't. She's like, I got ideas. I just don't know which one I want to get. And I'm like, okay. So, like, when she was 16, she showed me this tattoo. She's like, this is the kind of tattoo I want. And it was this Instagram person. And it was this massive tattoo, like, all the way from a hip all the way to a knee down the outside mm-hmm. of this thigh. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, really? See, it's becoming more popular. Yeah. More on the side, like your hip yeah. up to your armpit. Yeah. that's Like down your rib cage. Super popular. But super sensitive, painful, I would imagine. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, that's a big tattoo. And she's like, I know, isn't it awesome? And it's like, okay. And it's like, it's like a sexy tattoo, you know? Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the one she showed me, it's like this, like, it's like, okay. Well, whatever. You know, she's only 16. I'm like, mm. So then as the date's getting closer to get a tattoo and she's telling me, well, there's this thing that me and my friend really want to get because from our childhood and there's this little archway that we used to sit in and hang out that was up at my grandpa's house. And it's really important to us. So like a bunch of us, like maybe when we were kids that spent time up, there, we were all going to get the same one. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, little, you know. And then so she said she got her tattoo and she sent me a picture of it and it's down her thigh. And it's not as big as the one she sent me, but it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like uh it's a it's like a viper surrounded in flowers okay and but it's art yeah it's fucking cool looking it's not like shittily done it's like really beautiful um and striking and so um i was like whoa that's bigger than i thought it was going to be it's pretty cool like like you know and i'm asking her about it and i said what's it mean you know what does it have any meaning and she's like well like the viper is like that's the inner Kirsten that nobody wants to fuck with. I'm like, oh. And I had already been like Googling like mm-hmm. vipers and flowers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. And and so I said, I was l- like reading about snakes and vipers and flowers. And it's like it represents eternal life and new beginnings and life coming full circle. And she's like, oh, I like that way better. <laughs> <laughs> I like that meaning better. <laughs> so I don't know which one she's going to run with when people ask her about it. But yeah. it's like. There's something about when your kids get a tattoo. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. It's like, I didn't know if I was going to be that dad. It's like, oh, don't do that to your body or whatever. Sure. But it's like, no, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. 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 It's like good. Like you, she, she researched a really great tattoo start or uh, studio. She researched the images. She had it drawn out before. So she knew what she was getting. And like, she had an idea. And so she really put the time and effort into it to make sure it was really good. Yeah. You know, and I think that I'm super proud of her for that. Because it wasn't some impulsive, you know. But I think those impulsive decisions are probably more like a dude thing. Maybe not. Probably. But, I don't know. Um, when well, I was no, 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 probably nah. not. No, nah. probably not. Not with first tattoos. No, first um, tattoos are first tattoos. Yeah, they are. Um, but it's like, yeah. So she, I'm just. I, it's a cool tattoo. She's really happy with it. I'm happy for her. And it's like, yeah, yeah. She, so it's good on good on her for for doing that. My cousin, on the other hand, not the one that did did the tattoo with me. Another cousin, he got a tattoo of Dizzy Devil, the Tasmanian Devil's mm-hmm. kid, holding two big beer steins. <laughs> that was his first tattoo. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure he still got it. I know. I feel bad for. I feel bad for those who get tattoos because at the time they think it's cool, but it's just going to regret it in a couple of years. For instance. One of the young men we mentor, duh, he's mm-hmm. no longer, I mean, he's an adult now. Yep. Um, I stay in contact with him a little bit, but he wanted a sleeve, so he has a sleeve. But none of the tattoos on the sleeve mean a fucking thing. Yeah. He has a big portrait on his shoulder of a girl. Like, who the fuck's, who's that? And he goes, I don't know. She was in the book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man. Yep. Come on. Come on, that's, buddy. You got to. That, well, that's that guidance thing. You know, it's like. It's like uh, somebody to say to you, you know, if you're going to do something, do something meaningful. Yeah. Put some time into it. But I know who you're talking about. And and it's like he doesn't have a lot of that. No. I mean, he had us. Right. But that wasn't a question that he brought to the table. No. Right. You know, it's, but it was an, he was an adult then. So it's like, you know, it's just a different time, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. The poor guy has like three of the same things, just slightly different varieties. Oh, does he? Yeah. Well, he's not a poor guy. He made the decision, you know, and he's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah. for sure. Like, I'm sure he, that's, he's becoming like, that's who he wants to yeah, and that's, become. And that's part of what he wants to like mm-hmm. who he is. And so, and maybe over time, if he continues to get more tattoos as he ages and matures, he'll, he'll like understand, maybe he'll do right. something that has some more meaning yeah, to it yeah, than, yeah, yeah. than just the, you know, than the ones he did when he was 18 and had some cash in his pocket. Now, another one of our young mentors who is now an adult lets his roommate tattoo him. What? I'll talk to you about that later. What? Yeah, you know, I've I've seen that. Like, I remember when I was in high school. Like, there were there were like these kids that made made a tattoo gun. Yeah, and like they would give each other tattoos on their hands. See, I think his roommate is like actually wants to become a tattoo artist, so she has like legit stuff. Mm -hmm. So she's just he's basically the practice canvas for certain things. Have you seen that that show King of Staten Island? No, with that guy from Saturday Night Live. Um, he always looks like he's pale and dark circles under his eyes. Okay. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, in the movie, he's a he's he's a want to be tattoo artist, so he always finds his friends that let him tattoo him, and they're like, not great tattoos, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, it, I think if you want to be a tattoo artist, you have to be like a really fucking good artist before right. I let someone who wants to be a tattoo artist tattoo me. Yeah, to practice. Yeah, you know, it's like 
free tattoos are great if they're good, you know, or even like pretty good. But like if you if you tattoo like say you're getting some some girl's tattoo of her face on you and like one of her eyes is a little droopy, yeah, you can't make that shit go away. Right, right, it's right. like she looks like like the the dude from Goonies forever. Yeah. Now the first the first young man we were talking about with the sleeve, like all those tattoos actually they look really nice. Mm-hmm. Like they're done well. Yeah. They're done very well. It's just if there's a lack of meaning. Did you ever do that when you were a kid or see people who did it where they took a lighter and they'd get really hot and then they'd burn themselves and it'd make no. a smiley face on their skin? No. These kids when I was in high school, they did that it's just a lot. Branding yourself. Yeah, isn't it's it? branding yourself, but it makes a smiley face. Oh, with his like a well, it's like a lighter. big lighter, yeah. yeah. You light it and you get it really fucking hot, and then and then it, you know, you're doing branding. And it's like I'll dare you, you know. But yeah. it's like, and then they come to school and they got these scars on them, and I would think like it, they're pretty superficial. They're not like super deep, like a deep brand, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. it's a flat surface. Where I think like over time they probably fade a little bit. Yeah, you know, see my but, buddy. He wanted the branding look with a tattoo, so he had to search out a tattoo artist who would do it in white ink. You ever seen a white ink tattoo? Mm-mm. It looks like a brand. It's really hard to see, but a lot of artists won't because he's white himself. So it's like the artist was like, I can't, I'm not going to put a guarantee on this because it's going right. to look like it's not barely it. there. You might not be able to see it unless it's in the right light. So he, I don't remember what script he has, but it's on his inner bicep. It actually looks pretty cool though. Hmm. But Interesting. He said it was really hard to find someone who'd be, who was willing to do it. It, it, getting branded or having the feeling of being branded is like that's an interesting way to go you know it's like yeah. there's got to be some some like super big meaning to that you know like i just can't imagine wanting to purposely put scalding hot fucking iron to my skin yeah it's like and i've seen it seen people who've done like celebrities yeah yeah, there's pictures, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. Huh. a tattoo is permanent, but that's like, you can feel it. Yeah. You know, you can put your hand on it, and it would feel it, and it would make that your skin sensitive and all, the, like, all these different things. So it's like you really got to have some kind of powerful meaning behind it to do that, to pull that trigger. Well, the pain involved with branding is just so much greater than I would than a yeah. tattoo. Yeah. I would imagine just by burning my hand on a fucking stove, I would imagine that if I had a piece of fucking iron that was red hot, that that would hurt a lot more <sighs> even yet. Yeah, you're psyching yourself up to do it, you know, so like maybe somehow mentally you can get past that a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to. Yeah. I can tell you that. So, All right, let's All wrap right. this baby up. You got it, my friend. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. Yeah, it was, as always, fucking crazy ass weird fucking conversations and i'm really pumped to see what we go with with the i think the watermelon thing still might be it i don't know yeah i think we only hit death for like the first half so (laughs) watermelons and death anyway yeah all right it was it was was amazing as as always and for all you out there that are still listening thanks for hanging with us it was a longer one today we had a little longer one yeah like it so love it All right. right. Well, much love, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you. Peace, everybody. Bye.